The blast from our past network. This week on Talking Back. My Chitari is itchy and I just can't reach it. Talking Back. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. With me this week, co-host Dean. Dean, how's it going? Hi, good. I'm the co-host. Yeah, sometimes I forget to drop that in, so I I squeezed it in there today. You did. You got it in. I was actually impressed. I win. Yeah. I like being the co-host. It's fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you do a good job at it. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. That's why you were selected above Brian to be co-host. Oh, nice. I'm glad I edged him out. It was it was looking not, not yeah, it was looking not so good for me early on when I was just continually being a guest. Um and he That's right. his duties were increasing and mine were kind of being pulled back, but I'm glad I edged him out. Right. Yeah. He uh he's an excellent producer. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, well, he can stick with that for now. Yeah, he's good with the ones and zeros cuz he's made of ones and zeros. <laughs> <laughs> he is <laughs> he is uh he's also good at doing laundry we found out oh yeah true <laughs> before so um what are you doing what am i doing yeah and podcasting right now i'm sitting in a chair uh, and podcasting <laughs> me too okay <laughs> that's awesome it's podcast day right yeah it's a great awesome. day we're doing an incredible one today oh yeah big one this is uh yeah this it this topic it needed a big reason to do it because it's such a big movie. Yeah. But this is our 50th episode, Dean. I know. Well, so we thought it's your 50th episode. I haven't been on right. 50 of them. Okay. Let me let me say that again. It's yeah. Talking Back's 50th we episode. Yeah. We'll have to do another and... show when I get to 50. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can just have a solo show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, just talking about how you feel about things. Yeah. Just It'll just be uh, bitching about you not letting me on the Star Trek shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, if you would watch a Star Trek, you might be able to get on the show. Hey, I don't need to watch them. You do, you do though. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, fifty episodes. We thought we we got to do something pretty good for this. Yeah. What's the big one? What's the big one that we're gonna drop in the fiftieth? Yeah. Um. At first, I was just thinking we don't really need to do anything at all. We can just do a regular episode, but uh, you convinced me that it is a bit of a milestone, so we should do something. Yeah, I like to make things epic, as epic yeah. as possible. <laughs> That's right. It's always fun to do something a little out of the ordinary and, and special. So, um, yeah, we are going to do something fun and big here, and it is The Avengers. Yes, a great choice for talking back, because we love movies, we love comics, it's a comic book movie, and I don't think we've done one yet um comic book movie right well i mean i guess like alien we did alien that that is comic yeah that that's true that's true so we haven't done a superhero comic movie right yeah and you know you know what avengers also is dean what is is it it's also it's also video games very true it's all it's also it's also more yeah it's like cartoons and stuff It's it's everything we're not talking about everything we're just talking about the movie yeah but it's everything it is it's the perfect topic it is. I'm so glad I, I convinced you that we needed to do something. And then I'm so glad that you had the brilliant idea of doing the Avengers. It would have been a while before we did the Avengers otherwise. Yeah. So it is kind of fun that we get to to fit this one in here. So um, we like to save some of the big ones. We we do. Yeah. We do like to save the big ones. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, all right, then. Do you like this movie, Dean? I love this movie, Tim. I do, too. It's really good. Have you seen it many, many times? I've seen it many times. You know what? Uh, that That is a great question that I uh, you didn't ask me, but it went into my head when you said, have you seen it many times? Um, I've probably yeah. seen this the most out of any of the MCU movies. Okay. Like, this has got to um, be my most watched one out of the mo- all of the MCU movies. It might be for me as well. Yeah. Yeah, it might be for me as well. That's good. So this movie was released on May 4th, 2012. Oh, interesting. Yeah, take that, Star take Wars. Take that, Star Wars. Bunch of assholes. <laughs> fuck you, Star Wars. That's a, that's a fuck you right in the face yeah. for Star Wars. Hey? Yeah, 2012, you're done with coming out movies with movies, so we're taking over. Yeah, that, I, that was interesting. Um, yeah, their budget, $220 million. Big budget. That's a big budget. That's a big budget. Now, opening day, they make $207 million. That's a good day. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you're sitting back as a as an investor on that one, and you're putting your hands crossed behind your head, and you're putting your feet up. Totally. And that's, you're, you're feeling pretty good. That's weekend, though, right? Not day. No, that was opening day, I think. I think, I think it's weekend. Okay, weekend then. Um, it goes on to make $1.5 It's a lot. It's a, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, Pretty yeah. good. Good chunk yeah. of change. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's not as much as as you have. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, the I listeners have, send I have a you little money more. all the time. You have more than that's that. That's because I have a, a few better ideas in my head than the Avengers. Like, that's kind of an obvious true. one. But uh, True, true. It's true. Now, it's the eighth highest grossing movie of all time. Okay. Is that uh, global or domestic? I don't know if you have that in front of you, but... It's, glo- it's global. Global. Eighth highest global. Okay, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm um good job at the time at the time it got up to number three yeah yeah but uh been bumped down a little bit now this 220 million dollar budget you know a good chunk of it had to go into the actors because it's a a powerhouse cast right so we have this is from the hollywood reporter but robert downey jr makes 50 million dollars on this movie 50 50 million that seems like a lot it is now, that's obviously coming off of the fact that the Iron Man movies made a ton of money, right? Yeah. So they can pay this guy and they need him. So he gets 50 mil. Well, and and when they're filming this, like Captain America and Thor haven't even come out yet. So like he is the MCU yeah, he's at that the MCU. moment. Yeah, yeah, they need him. Yeah. So Samuel L. Jackson and Scarlett Johansson both make around 5 million. And then Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, Jeremy Renner, and Mark Ruffalo each get roughly 2 to 3 million. So okay, a good chunk of that budget going a lot to the of mill, yeah, a lot of mill getting thrown out there. Lots of mill, lots of mill. I would do that movie for free. Oh. No, maybe not. No, maybe. Uh, how much? How much to do that movie for you? I mean, I do it for free. Would you? Yeah, just to be popular for the popularity. Yeah, I mean, but just like, to be in it. But you need some sort of income while you're away from your job, right? That's true. I'm thinking like just cover the costs of things. Like, okay, maybe you know I, what? I don't know. Maybe I'd be 20, good. 30 grand? I was going to say like one mil. Give me oh, <laughs> one mil. Yeah, I went from oh. zero to one mil. I'll, I'll okay, do it wow. for one mil. I want to retire after this movie. So Holy shit, dude. Yeah. You just went way up there. Yeah. That was good. That was good negotiating right there. Right? You're like, no, no, I'll, I'll do it for free. And then, uh, no, no, no. I, I Actually, I want a million. If you want me, I want a million. Yeah. They're like, we want you, so we want to compensate you. And I'm like, okay, if you want to compensate, a million. That's it. That's yeah, all I'll like, take. This guy's playing hardball. Yeah. Like this guy he must wanted be good. to do it for free, and now he wants him. Like, I don't understand what this guy's deal is. He must be. He must be great. He must be good. He must be good yeah, at his must, job. Must be good. So let's pay him two million. <laughs> there you go. And then so, I am laughing because I don't act at all. 
<laughs> That's right. My yeah. scene wouldn't even have lines in it. You don't. Yeah, you'd have like one of the cameos. Yeah, one of the like uh, you'd be um, you'd be running out. Of, no, Captain America would pull you out of the way of a bus. Yes. Yes. Yeah, something like that. Exactly. But it would be super meaningful that moment. Yeah. That's where right. the audience can really connect to a character. <laughs> It'll be all in my totally. scared face. <laughs> totally. That's yeah. Cap's like good guy moment. Yeah, exactly. He, he needs know he's that. good. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know what's up with him yet and his character. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> what his character's he needs all me. about. He needs me. <laughs> he needs to save you. Yeah. Okay. Um, the idea for the Avengers movie started way back in 2003, though. Now, the intention always from the start was to release individual films of the main characters to establish their identities and familiarize us before merging them all together in a single film. After Iron Man is released in 2008, Marvel officially sets the release date for 2011. Okay. Which, which they missed. It came out 2012. But uh, after, after Iron Man is very successful, they're like, yep, we're doing, we're doing Avengers. Well, they put it in, they put it in the post credit scene on iron man as well oh was it in there yeah that's where nick fury comes and says uh avengers initiative okay cool cool i I don't remember that i haven't seen that movie in a long time now early discussions had the red skull as the main villain but they quickly settled on loki being the villain for that okay yeah that makes sense because uh loki's the villain in the early avengers comics i think Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. John John Favreau, he said uh, he wouldn't direct the film, but would have heavy input, and he had concerns with how the mixing of Thor's supernatural aspects would kind of fit with the science and technology world that they already created in Iron Man. So he was a little bit worried about that. Kevin Feige didn't think there'd be any issue, so they just went with it. Yeah. Um. I'm. I'm happy it wasn't Favreau. Uh. I love yeah. Favreau's Iron Man. I love that movie. But I'm. I am happy. Um. That it wasn't him. Yeah. Me too. Now, in April 2010, Joss Whedon is announced as the movie's director. Cool. Whedon commented that what drew him to the film was that he loved how this is a quote: "These people shouldn't be in the same room, let alone on the same team." And that is the definition of family. Nice. So, so that's cool. That's a cool quote. So he gets it right from the beginning. Yeah. Right? Like he gets it. He gets what he wants to do here. Now, Whedon receives the first draft of the film's script. He reads it and comments that they have nothing and should pretend this draft never happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did hear that. Um, he was not that's too great. happy with it. No, he, he cited a lack of uh, character connections. Yeah. And that would require them to start again. Yeah. He's like, yeah, sure. I'll direct it. But uh, I get to rewrite the entire thing. Right. So Whedon, he writes a five page treatment of his plan for the story. And he jokingly titles it Avengers. Some assembly required. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. It's a good title. Marvel. It is. Yeah, it's really good. It's 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 fun. Yeah. Uh, Marvel liked what he had done so much with that five page draft that they quickly sign him on as the writer, um, stipulating only that he must include the Avengers against Loki, a battle between the heroes in the middle, and a battle against the villains at the end. Okay. So that's pretty easy to work with. Yeah. Now, during Whedon's rewrite, they weren't actually sure if ScarJo was going to be part of the film. So he wrote a bunch of pages that included the Wasp, just in case. And he was also worried that Tom Hiddleston as Loki wouldn't quite be enough of a a villainous presence in the film. 
So he wrote a huge draft that included Ezekiel Stain as an additional villain. Now, Zeke Stain is the son of Obadiah Stain, who is known as Ironmonger, mm-hmm. which is the character Jeff Bridges portrayed in the first Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, they ultimately decided just to stay the course with Loki, and I'm glad they did. Oh, very, very good choice. Um, especially in a time where films were getting, uh, superhero films were getting overstuffed with villains, and that was kind of their problem. Um, they, yeah. they, they no longer had good arcs in them because they were just trying to stuff in as many villains as they could. Totally, totally. Now, Whedon also chose not to include supporting characters from the individual movies because he said, quote, you need to separate the characters from their support systems in order to create the isolation you need for a team. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they don't have that fallback, they got to fall on each other. Exactly. I like that a lot. Yeah. 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 It's cool. This guy gets this it. This guy man. gets it, man. Just, just gets it. Tim, this guy gets it. Should we give him our uh, our hug? Yeah. F- for the episode? Definitely. I forgot we did that. I know. For a while, we were giving out hugs. Who would you hug? And uh, let's get just give get it out of the way. Let's yeah. give him our hug. It's a group All hug. Right. Group hug, group yeah. Group hug with Joss. Okay. Now, 2008, Iron Man is released, followed by The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, and then finally, our topic today, The Avengers. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, we got that out of the way. Okay, so... Um... Great. How, how do we proceed with the, one of the biggest movies of all time for us? Right. So you threw out, let's do something pretty big for 50. Yeah. And then I countered with, okay, and then let's maybe do it a little bit differently than we normally do. So normally we would just kind of walk through the movie, start to finish, uh, talk about it, talk about likes and dislikes, usually likes. We have a lot more likes than dislikes about the stuff we cover. That's our vibe. Uh, yes, that's our vibe. Yeah. But we decided to do something a little bit different, a little bit more fun, because we figured, you know what, the majority of people who listen to this have most likely seen the movie. Uh, As fun as as it is to hear you and I break it down, let's just try something a bit different. Yeah. So in some of our episodes, we like to pull things out of a hat. The hat is like maybe maybe the third co-host. Sorry, Brian, but like the hat might be the third co-host. The hat, yeah, the hat's had more on-air time than Brian has. Yeah. Although, well, maybe not. Maybe that's pushing it. But uh, yeah, so what we're doing is we have compiled a list of 50 topics about the Avengers. Dean, you have 25 in front of you. I do. I have 25 in front of me. Yeah. We're going to go back and forth pulling topics and we will talk about them. And we're going to get through them all. We are going to get through them all. We're staying here until it's Whatever done. Whatever it takes. I thought maybe we wouldn't go through them all. Yeah. And then you put your foot down and said, we're getting through them all. I did. We are doing it no matter what it takes. It frightened me. And I <laughs> stepped away from my position and let you have that one. So we're doing all of them. All right. Now, some of them will require more discussion than others. For sure. Which is fine. I mean, but... that's just the nature of coming up with 50 topics. Some of them are just going to be like one sentence comments that we have. Yeah, and I mean, we might, you know, there's a few where we might kind of um, say some things we've already said, but for the most part, it should, should be okay. So let's get to it. Avengers 50, Dean. Woohoo! All Cheers? Right. Cheers to Avengers Cheers. 50? Cheers, yeah. We are drinking, yeah. as normal. Clink! Uh, clink. Let's have a sip, too, then. Okay. My mug that I'm drinking out of is Thor, and it says uh, For Asgard on it. So this podcast oh. is for Asgard today. 
it's so damn cool. And then you've got your Marvel shirt on. Yeah, um, it never fit me in my life. Um, oh. So I just decided to throw it on today, and it is—it's uh, real tight. It makes me look like I'm muscular, maybe. It's snug. Yeah, yeah. it looks like you, yeah, it looks like you're wearing like a, a armor vest underneath or something like that. But that's your physique. Yeah, that's because the uh, the table that the uh, computer's on is is cutting off where my midsection is right now. Oh, so I, I look, see. I look good now, but if I stood that's... up, I wouldn't look so good. Is your midsection hanging down to the floor? Uh, a little bit, yeah, a little bit. Coming out All of the right. bottom of the t-shirt a little bit. That's okay. It's okay. Can always change that. Yeah. Oh, I got the team. I got the team on my shirt in sort of their old school comic book look. I love it. You got the Hulk, Iron Man, Hawkeye. Uh, who's that? Uh, Scarlet Witch? No, Black Widow. Oh, that's Black Widow. Oh, it looks yep. like Scar- Scarlet Witch. And uh, yeah, Captain A and Thor. Thor's screaming. Look at him. Yeah. He's screaming for Asgard. He Look is, at that. He is screaming for Asgard. Yeah. That's amazing. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'll let you start us off, Dean. Sure. Okay. The hat. We got to do the, the shaking yeah, gotta, of the hat near the mic. Sh- don't shake it too close. It does get very loud in the mic. Oh, I'm so sorry, Tim. I'm so sorry for that extra editing you have to do. My bad. Apologize, apologize to the listeners, Dean. Okay. You first, fail, You failed them. First topic, I'm glad we kind of get right into the middle of things because it wouldn't be fun if we didn't. Um, okay. Banner and Black Widow relationship. Oh, good one. Good one. I want to start off the Banner-Black Widow relationship with how their relationship starts. With with Black Widow being the one sent to get the big guy, as Coulson says. I really love that scene where banner and black widow are talking because you have a new you have a new banner you have a new hulk um we we had ed norton before this so you got to introduce this guy early it's the first one they go to he's doing all these like nuanced things in his performance that i'm just like totally into him right away i'm totally into this banner i like mark ruffalo i don't know if at this time i had seen him in anything before but i was you know i was totally totally engaged in what he was doing in his performance whereas like uh i i really wasn't engaged in a banner before so i like that widow goes she's the one who's gotta talk to him she's kind of messing with him he's kind of messing with her there's a moment where he like gets angry at her right and she pulls back and her face is so scared and so afraid and she pulls her gun on him yeah she pulls her gun she's so afraid she knows what he's capable of even though she went in there so calm and so cool and i think that is that is the basis of the relationship is that first scene that she is going to be so calm and so cool with him, but she knows that he can flip in a second and then she needs to be afraid of him. And there are so many scenes in this movie where she is terrified of what went down between between them. Yeah, I like that you use the word messing with because that is exactly what I want to talk about with their relationship, but it's more about the Hulk's relationship with her rather than Banner. Now I know we're saying Banner and Black Widow, but you know, we're going to have to go Banner and the Hulk yeah. as to be not redundant with like, let's have Banner and Black Widow, then the Hulk and Black Widow. So it's Banner for and sure. the Hulk. For sure. Now when, when they're on that heli carrier and we get to see the Hulk for the first time and he's chasing her around and seemingly trying to kill her. I mean, that works at that moment, but later on when we find out that, the Hulk's big secret in this is that he's always angry and can change to the Hulk whenever he wants and is in control. We see at the end he's in control of the Hulk. Yeah. I, I, I'm questioning, was he just screwing with her on the helicarrier? That's was he just Was he just messing with her? Because it doesn't make sense that he's in control of the Hulk and that the Hulk would just like randomly try to kill her, right? Yeah. See, that's interesting because in his mind, um, 
he says it kind of right before he hulks out in that moment that he was fine where he was. So he is a little pissed off that he was pulled out of where he was to be on this um, helicarrier, like to be on this aircraft. He's a little upset about it. And I think I think you could have something there. I actually never thought about that before. Um, but I think you could have something where he is like, okay, okay, this is what you wanted. You wanted to bring me up here. This is what I will do. This is what I can do. Um, yeah. He, he seems a little aggressive to be actually... He looks like he actually wants to hurt her. So I'm that's where I'm like, oh, I don't know. That would be that would be interesting if he was letting loose that much where he could actually hurt her badly. I don't think she was ever in danger. Yeah. He smacked he even, her across he, the room once, but that was it. He does. But I mean, he can do way more than that. He can smack Thor against the room. So if he just smacks her yeah. and doesn't immediately kill her, then he's not trying to kill her. Yeah, that is true. I mean, th- that's a good point, too, that he can smack Thor even further across the room through walls right and all he did was smack her and she kind of you know she kind of hit something metal and it bent a bit he could have hit her yeah. harder um yeah i think he was messing with her i think he's messing with her. i never thought of it like that. that wow i like that relationship it's yeah. fun i think the the kind of the back and forth they have as bruce and black widow is the same as with hulk and black widow so i like it um i think we should move on though we're yeah. gonna have to kind of we've <laughs> we got a lot of topics we can't talk for 10 minutes we on everything because no, that's, no, we can't. that's 500 minutes tim <laughs> exactly that's a long podcast i guess we could release a week of episodes yeah totally all right i'll pull one out here Yeah, next one okay cool i like this one what did you learn from this last viewing you didn't realize before what i picked up on this most recent watch was tony's conspiracy theory about shield now when banner cap and tony are on the heli carrier and it's mentioned that shield was working with the Tesseract to create like clean energy for the world to utilize. A great point comes up that Tony had just finished Stark Tower, which utilizes a special reactor that he created that will power itself for a year. So Tony at this point is like the front runner in clean energy. Yeah. So why wouldn't S.H.I.E.L.D. approach him to help them with the Tesseract, right? And, and help... That's that's your obvious guy totally. to go to. Yeah. And they didn't they didn't talk to him about it. And that's where he's kind of skeptical. That's where he starts to become skeptical of Shield. And understanding that, seeing it this time, it really makes his character better for me in Civil War. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I agree that's with all. that, Tim. Um that is something that I also didn't pick up the first watch. Definitely picked it up this watch. They're like, yeah, if they are in clean energy, why wouldn't they ask him? So obviously they're lying about something. I really like that in that scene, it comes from Banner. Like, because Cap is trying to figure out what's going on. And, you know, Tony's sort of telling him what's what. But Cap's like, okay, well, this guy's like narcissistic. He just thinks uh, that he should be part of everything. So I like that he turns to Banner to give him that information. And it actually comes from him. So uh, I would say... There are actually a lot of things, even though I've seen this movie so many times, there are a lot of things that I picked up this time um, that I didn't get before, probably because I haven't seen the movie um, in a couple years. Actually, it might only be a year, but still a full year. I I miss a lot of things um, up to this watch. And I would say kind of along the same lines as that, saying like how Loki knows all this stuff about the team. I think this time I picked up, he got all this information from Hawkeye. Okay. Because he controlled Hawkeye, and he said it once. He said it to Black Widow that he had got that information from Hawkeye. And so then that's when it clicked in. Oh, that's how he knows everything about this team. 
He didn't right, know that any, makes sense. He didn't know anything about the team when he landed on Earth, but he took over Hawkeye and off screen, you know, he he talked to him and Hawkeye gave him all the information about what's going on. Uh yeah, I buy that. That that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Next. Okay. You're, you're up. Okay, I got one. And it is Ending of the movie. Perfect. Tim, we're going to jump right oh, into spoilers. Dude, you're it. spoiling it. Ending of the movie, setting up the franchise. You already had that one pulled out of the hat and put aside, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I had it marked. I know. You're you're a jerk. Yeah. So um, what I love about the ending of the movie and the setting up of the franchise, um, it's actually a little bit of a curveball at the end of the movie to me. Um, even just watching it this time around, they all go their separate ways. It's not like this is the team and now they are a team which I, I think a lot of team movies end like that. It's like, okay, we did it. We did the one mission. Now we are team from here on forward. And then if you want to have solo movies, it doesn't really make sense. They all go their separate ways because they're all going to have their solo movies. And Maria Hill says to uh, Nick Fury, like, well, what what will make them come back when we need them? And Nick Fury is like, that's just it. We will need them and they are heroes. So they'll come back. Right. And I, I just like that setup for like that just opens up the door. It's like, OK, well, now my mind is going, there's going to be a bunch of solo movies. They're going to come back together for something big. It just opens up that door to so many possibilities. Avengers. I just had that in my body. I had to say it. It had to it come sounds out. so good. Avengers. Oh, totally. Dun, 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 dun. Did you listen to the music before the podcast? I did all week, man. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, for me, the ending of the movie, it, it'll be short. It's that the Thanos scene just completely sets everything up to come. And I leave that theater praying I will live 10 years longer so I can see it all come to fruition. Yeah. And you did. I did. I did it. Congratulations. Yay. All right. My turn. Your turn. Oh, yeah. Let's jump right into favorite scene. Oh, cool. Okay. For me, there's a lot of great scenes in this, but when I actually thought about it, it's pretty easy for me. It's the Thor, Iron Man, Captain America fight in the forest. I love it. The way that it starts off, you've got Loki and Thor in a heated discussion with each other, and then Iron Man just blasts through and nails Thor. And then that whole fight with them was so fun. You got Thor electrocuting Iron Man, filling his suit up to like 400% power. Yep. You've got Cap coming in there. He He's asking Thor to put his hammer down. I <laughs> love it. Just, Thor was so offended by that. And then that that massive smash when he uh, when Thor smacks the shield and it like, it's like the equivalent of like a small, or a, a, I was going to say a small nuclear blast, but it was like just, a, it was like a large bomb that just went off in that force. And just to see that, I just, yeah, Tim, that is that is a great one. Um, I love when he brings that hammer down because like he doesn't know who Captain America is. He could have just turned no. that guy to dust. He was just so offended by bringing the hammer down. He's like, all right, you want it? I'll do it. Yeah, that is uh, a great scene with great lines in it. Something that like when you read a comic book that has a lot of characters in it, you're like, I just want to see two of them match up and fight. And that's what you get right here. You you get your big characters in. It's like kind of the first time big superhero characters are fighting in this movie yeah it's great it work. is yeah um so my favorite scene uh this is a tough one i watched the movie just this morning just to pick out what my favorite scene was and uh i gotta go with at the end in the battle um where i think they first become a team 
uh, when they first arrive to the New York battle, they're kind of still fighting their own personal battles. But it is when Iron Man says to Cap, when they're all on the ground, Hulk's arrived, they're all just like um, sitting in like all that rubble, just standing. And Iron Man says, Cap, give us, you know, give us the orders, give us the directions. And give he us tells, the plan. Yeah, give us the plan. He tells everybody what to do. Everybody yep. listens and goes and does it. And I'm like, fuck yeah, it's a team. Let's go. And that's my that's just my favorite moment. Uh, it was awesome because the camera then just follows each of them kind of helping each other out. Exactly. Like that oh, is the so that is the scene immediately after is it just like pans to every single one of them doing their fight, but helping each other out. Like it's always one person doing the fight, then another one it like joining into the screen, helping them out, then going off to do their thing. It is so good. It's it's the team moment for me. Yeah. With the Avenger music playing in the background. Yeah. Amazing. Perfect. I'm getting, Perfect. I'm getting chills over here. <laughs> okay. I got one pulled here. Okay. Thor. Okay. So let's talk about Thor. Let's talk about Thor. Um, Thor isn't, uh, isn't very featured in the movie. Um, he, I think he comes in in like minute 40, maybe 45. He makes his first entrance. Yeah, it's it's right before my favorite scene there. Yeah. So it is it is yeah, it's far in. Yeah. So up to this point we have one Thor movie. I don't love him in that movie. He's too like for me he's too fish out of water like idiot on earth. Um I don't really like the vibe of that movie too much. I I really really love the improvements in for this movie. Um both in like how he looks and how he acts. The the fish out of water stuff is dealt with so much better. Um, just like him talking about creatures on his planet, then he's like, oh, you don't have those on Earth? And then, you know, just explains them. It's a little more than, I think it's just a little more real than what that Thor movie has. Yeah, I'm on the exact same page. Um, I thought that he looked perfect. I thought he was played perfect. And it this is my favorite version of Thor. It's this more edgy guy. Like it's less humorous. It's less dumb. Yeah. He's angry, he's intense, and this is my favorite version of him. I yeah. mean, the when he's funny, that's that's great. Like he's a super fun character when he's super hilarious, but this is how I think of Thor when I think of Thor. So, yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I, I, just to build on that a bit. Um you can be sort of out of your element but not be dumb. And that's what they do in this movie. Right. Like he he's he's on Earth. He doesn't know everything about Earth, but his mistakes aren't stupid ones. They're just ones that someone would make when you're on a planet. You don't you don't understand everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Next up is Hawkeye. So I would say I wasn't a big fan of the fact that they turned him bad for half the movie. The comment you just recently made about how that's how Loki got his information that makes it a little bit better for me. Like I, I can appreciate it a little bit more, but I remember the first time seeing it, that that just didn't do anything for me. Yeah. Like I, I, I love Hawkeye. I really wanted to see him shine. Uh, he really gets his opportunity later in the movie, but he could have been so much more. So uh, that's about all. Yeah. You're totally right there, Tim. Um, You know who else wasn't happy about uh, being controlled by Loki? Uh, Jeremy Renner didn't like that. That was his role in this movie. Um, he thought he could have shined uh, a lot more with this character, um, which, he, which, like you said, I think he does at the end. I think he gets into the character a bit more in that battle. Um, I am a gigantic Hawkeye fan. Absolutely love the guy. He's my boy. And so uh, not super happy um, with the representation in this movie. I think they do a lot better as 
movies go along. I think they work on it. Um, there are one or two moments in this movie where I think he is Hawkeye. He is actually what Hawkeye should be and and how he should be acting. He's a little more jokey. Um, yeah. He's way too serious in this movie. I mean, he is mind controlled for half the movie, so it's tough to deal with. Like, it's tough to work with that. Um, but yeah, I'm not not a huge fan of him. The only time he's working for me in this movie is when he's shooting his arrows yeah. and he's doing his action sequences because they nailed it with that. But you're right. Like they didn't nail him as an individual or a character in this one. So yeah, he's yeah. For, for the Hawkeye I like and read. He's uh, super sarcastic. Yeah. So like the when when Black Widow and him are fighting in the battle in uh, New York and uh, she says, this is just like Budapest. And he says, you and I remember Budapest much different. Perfect. Like, that is Hawkeye right. right there. That's the line where I'm like, oh, they get it here. They get it in this moment. I, I would have liked more of this. Yes. Oh, it's me? It's you. I was not ready. Okay. Um. Okay. Harry Dean Stanton's line, are you an alien? So this is a kind of a funny little cameo for harry dean stanton it's like a little bit of a longer scene than a cameo he gets like a couple lines but i love when he so it's like when hulk like falls is fallen from the sky and has turned back into banner and he's just he's just watching so it. let's just recap real quick who that who harry dean stanton is yes yes of course harry dean stanton is uh brett from alien from the movie alien um which we've done an episode on i've mentioned a couple times it's my favorite movie uh so you get this guy, uh, you know, I recognize him right away because I love him, watch him so many times in Alien. And he's talking to the Hulk about uh, what happened, about, uh, he's talking to Banner about what happened. He said he fell from the sky and then he turned into sort of a regular sized man. And then he asks him, are you an alien? And I mean, I don't know if this is supposed to be uh, for Alien fans out there, but like, I love that line. I, I, I just laugh so hard at that line. I think it had to be fan service. It's got to be fan service, right? Like it was... It was one of the funniest scenes in the movie. Yes. I, I loved it. I was laughing out loud in the theater, I remember. It was so, so funny. Um, it's not just that he asks him, are you an alien? But he's, he's like, um, just the whole dialogue. Oh, he's yeah. like, uh, yeah, you you know, like, you. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's something like, yeah, you, um, I saw you when you landed. Yeah. <laughs> and and he's, it's like, you were you looked a little bit different. He's like, I saved your pants for you, yeah, but he, they're all ripped up. He tosses some pants and he's like, I didn't think these would fit you until you turned back to a regular size fella. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just so good. It's, it's so good. It's great. It's great. And I love that there's a lot of dialogue between them before he gets to, are you an alien? Because that's just the payoff for me. And that's one exactly. of the last things he says. So yeah, love it. That's fantastic. The heli carrier. Oh, yeah. This was such a cool vehicle. Yeah, man. Like, I just think back to being a kid. And if I was a kid when this movie came out, like, this is the toy from the movie I would want. This giant base. Definitely. And they did, they didn't, they didn't really waste it at all. Like, they had this really cool ship and they spent, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes on it in the movie. Like, there's so much good stuff that happened because it's such a unique location, right? Like, this flying fortress. You can do a lot of fun stuff with that. And they did. You've got, you know, the great scene where Hulk turns to Hulk and it makes a lot of sense that they're all very scared that he's on the ship destroying it. Like he's going to make this thing crash. Uh, Hawkeye blows up one of the engines. So they're, you know, frantically trying to fix that. Yeah. And that that created some really cool stuff with Captain A and Iron Man working together, trying to get this engine fixed. That was and fun. Then, 
some really cool effects with Iron Man trying to start it up, like spinning in a circle. And you just see this little flash of red light going around and then he gets stuck in it. Just very, very, very cool idea to have this. And uh, I mean, the fact that it starts in the water and then they make the comment like, you know, what is this, a submarine? Yeah. Because it starts to transform and then it takes off into the sky. I don't know how you power this thing, though. It, the right. only thing that came to my mind was you'd have to have Hulk on an exercise bike, like creating <laughs> right. the energy to, to, to run this machine. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah, all of the, I mean, yeah, the helicarrier is amazing. And all of sort of the wonder for me comes from my childhood where I, in when I was a kid, I actually didn't read a lot of comics. That's been more of me as an adult. Um, but I watched a lot of cartoons. And so I remember the episode of Amazing Spider-Man when S.H.I.E.L.D. was a part of it. And they showed the helicarry on there. And I was just like, what the hell is this? Like, what is this thing that flies in the sky that they all work on? That's got like this camouflage cloaking device thing. I thought it was so cool. So I like that wonder that they build in the movie, even though fans of it will know what it is. I like the wonder that they build with the characters. Um kind of all coming to the point where Captain America hands over $10 to Nick Fury, a bet that they made earlier in the movie that Nick that uh, Nick Fury will show him things he's never seen before or things oh, he can never right. think of. And right. he's just like, I doubt it. You know, he's like, no way. And then he sees the helicarrier and he hands over 10 bucks. I just like that it's that moment that makes him hand over the 10 bucks. Because for me as a kid, that was the thing that blew my mind, that there could be this ship in the sky that no one knows is there. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh okay, my next one is oh, it might be a long one. It's the New York battle. Okay. So the just what I'll lead off with the New York battle, I feel like we could have a, a little bit of back and forth, but what I'll lead off is I, I I love how they build it. They don't start too high, they don't start too strong. They start with individual battles, and they even start before um the chitari come in like before the portals open it's iron man versus loki then the portal opens and it's just iron man versus chitari and they just slowly slowly build um to that point where they all join together as a team and then they're all working you have like people working in the sky you got some heroes working on the ground they do a great job of um kind of location knowing where you, you kind of know where you are in the battle you aren't you know when you're up and who's supposed to be up there and helping out. You know when you're down and who's on the ground helping. Um, it's a long battle, and I don't get bored in any second of it, which is something that happens to me in superhero movies where there's a really long 30-minute battle at the end. I get kind of bored by the end because they start at 100, <laughs> and there's nowhere to go from there. So I love the build. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it was good pacing. Um, I love the destruction. I, I love seeing cities destroyed like this in movies when it's done well. Yeah. And this was surely done well. Um, I'm just going to go a little bit more like on the nerdy technical side. Yes, please. But the majority of New York in the movie was created by um, ILM. They created it digitally, obviously, so cool. they could do all this destruction. They rendered an area that was 10 city blocks by four city blocks. Which is kind of cool because they say that in the movie. Cap's like at one point to this oh, yeah. officer. He's like, we need a perimeter 10 blocks this way or 10 blocks here and four blocks here. But uh, I ILM sent a team of four photographers to capture all of the buildings like in photography. And that shoot, the photo shoot took four of them eight weeks to do. Wow. That's how many, like, that's how much attention went into this. That's amazing. Recreating the scene. And then beyond that... 
they needed to secure the rights to show every one of those buildings in the movie. Wow. So you have to go through the legwork of like contacting whoever's in charge of the building, saying we're shooting a movie. Do you approve if we have your building in there? So just thinking of all the work that went on behind the scenes to make this scene happen, I just appreciate it so much for that reason. And then, yeah, it was just a ton of fun watching all these aliens, you know, come down from the sky and fight the Avengers in uh, in the city. Like I, my favorite stuff is Hulk jumping from building to building and same. just smashing things. It was it looks so incredible. So yeah, same. And everybody has their moment, um, which is I, I like that it's at the end of the movie and everyone sort of has their fighting moment because in this movie nobody sort of leads it. Like it, it is a team movie, and that really shows in this battle. Everybody that's shown on screen, I'm not like okay, get to the but really get to the main people. I'm always excited to see who's on screen and see how they're dealing with the aliens in a different way because everyone's dealing with it in their own way. Their own, they're using their own strengths to battle these aliens and working as a team. It is an yeah. amazing big battle ending um, to this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, lots of cool stuff. Like uh, there's a part where Black Widow's exhausted, right? Like she's yeah. out of breath. None of the other superheroes are really like that, but it's just you know she's a human, and she, if she's fighting, she's going to get worn out. Yeah, and um yeah there's like where's at one point where's thor oh he's taking on a squadron over here right yeah. and iron man's like well wait, why wasn't i invited totally right? it's just that's just fun right like in you know the, the hulk and the thor they're taking on tons of people um cap is kind of directing directing traffic you know fighting yeah. off a few like he's on the ground other people are in the air um yeah it's, it was really well done it really worked i i agree that it seems like that that will often kind of wear me out yeah. and I'll just kind of like lose it near the end of the movie. But this one just kept me engaged the whole time uh, for the pacing. They just, like you said, they started it slow. They built it um, at the right pace. Yeah. And this is where, you know, uh, your favorite scene. This is where we see these uh, superheroes come together for the first time and we get to see what they can do working together as a team. So incredible. Incredible. Okay. Did you want to say anything else? No, that's good. I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. Black Widow. I love her intro in this movie where she's actually interrogating the Russians. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody was watching that thinking that she was the one interrogating them. Definitely. Like it, definitely. It definitely looked like she was captured. Um I like her um I kind of like that they give us a bit of a relationship with her and Hawkeye. They they uh, allude to something going on in the past. I like that um like i like that she's the one to go and recruit banner i think that really worked well and i love when when she goes to recruit him and she shows him pictures of the tesseract and he <laughs> says he says what do you want me to do eat it yeah it's like, like that's not a bad idea <laughs> it's just a great idea totally it's like would, um, wait would that work we should try that <laughs> yeah I wasn't a big fan of her the first time around or actually in a lot of these movies i'm not really a black widow fan but uh, watching it again, I, I did appreciate her in this more than I have. And uh, she was fine. Okay. I, I'm Not a favorite of mine, but she was fine. Yeah, I'm glad you came around a little bit because I know you you didn't like her too much in the past. And I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Um, I think there are... Um, I think this opening scene really sets her up for a lot of moments in the movie. And it is so Joss Whedon, um, that scene. Uh, just that, like, we, we don't really know 
it seems like a tense situation, but then it actually turns kind of funny. And then it turns that she's completely in charge. And that's right. it's just yeah, it's, a, it's such a Joss Whedon thing. He writes great women. And I, I like that, like sort of at this point, she's nothing really in the Marvel Universe. Like she's like spy secretary in Iron Man 2. Like it's it's I don't know, it's not very interesting at all. And I think she becomes very interesting in this movie. They give her the backstory of, you know, the red in her ledger that she wants to uh, wipe out. And uh, I think her interrogation of Loki then later on um, is so well done since it was set up like with the with the Russians before that, that she was actually interrogating Loki, even though she came in and started talking about her own personal agenda and he dropped his guard and gave her everything that she needed. And yeah, I just, I, I love her in this movie. I think she's great. Yeah, that was, that was an excellent moment yeah. um, when, when she got the information from Loki. Yeah, I, and I think also she has like great facial acting in this movie. Like uh, Black Widow's face reacting to a lot of things that are happening, um, whether she is actually terrified or whether she is, you know, just completely calm in a situation. I think it comes through a lot in her face. Sure. Oh, is it me? It is. Uh, Captain America. Uh, right. Captain America. Man. Okay. Cap. So Cap comes in. Cap is the first. I think Cap's the first like main superhero that like has a movie that comes in in this movie like that we see. Um, and it's 20 minutes in and he's doing uh, he's just doing like work in the heavy bag. And as soon as I see him and I see like, you know, how strong he looks and he's just crushing that bag and then that scene with Nick Fury where he's, you know, he's super disappointed at, like, the state of the world right now. He thought he was fighting for something better than what it is. He just seems so, he seems so sad and depressed with how the world turned out. And he's like, what did I lay my life on the line for? Um, I think it adds a lot of depth in his character in this movie. And I love Captain America in this movie. He's a little bit conflicted. He's not just 100% Boy Scout. He has to sort of question things um if he wants to work with this team that's been assembled he's got to question a few things and i really like that i love him in this movie yeah i was never a big fan of captain america um the biggest fan i've ever been was during this rewatch yeah and i think i finally started to like cap in endgame yeah and now seeing his character again kind of going back to near the beginning here He's just so sturdy. Oh, like yeah. his, his character is his character. That's who he is. He just stands by it. He's always the same. He doesn't waver. And I think I really appreciated that just seeing how solid he was um, back at the beginning here. And he does a, like a great job in this movie. Yeah. You know, he's, oh, yeah. He, he is conflicted, like you said, but he's never really like straying from his path. You know, he has questions and he gets answers, but he's always just like rock rock solid with his yeah. beliefs and his convictions so yeah i really liked him in this movie yeah he doesn't want to seem like weak to others um in any situation where he's supposed to be like taking orders or giving orders right so he's having that conversation with tony stark where tony's saying like nick fury has another agenda and he's like no like he just brought us here and we need to just like, you know, follow his orders and do what we have to do. But then he goes off on his own and checks out what Nick Fury's doing. So I like that aspect to him where he's in the moment, he's going to be strong. He's going to be the good leader and say, this is what we got to do. But then he's going to make sure on his own time that that is what they need to do. And then he comes back, you know, with the weapons and he's like, your computer was 
wasn't working fast enough for me. I just love it. I, I love all the aspects of them in this movie. Yep. Agreed. Cool. Okay. The Stan Lee cameo. This is probably my favorite cameo from him. It was the least forced. It really was. Uh, I, I just felt like in, in a lot of the other movies, it was squished in there and it didn't really necessarily fit with the flow of the movie. Yeah. Uh, it became a little bit um, jarring just to, to you know, see like, well, when, is, when are they going to show Stan Lee? Like, when is it when yeah. is that going to happen? But this one, it was so natural and I really liked it. Yeah. Honestly, in a, like if this movie came out five years later, he would have been the Harry Dean Stanton role. Like he would have been that guy talking to Bruce about falling through the ceiling, like just like a little thing like that, where he's got a few lines. Um, I liked it in this. I like that it comes kind of at the end because you've seen them up until now. You've seen the cameos. So you're you're kind of looking for it, but then you forget about it. You get to that New York battle and there's no way you're thinking of like, oh, where's Stan Lee going to be? So I like that it's actually in that moment where they start showing videos of people talking about the Avengers where you're like, oh yeah, Stan Lee hasn't done a cameo yet. And then boom, he's on the screen. I like it. Yeah. He's just playing chess in the park yeah. and like a camera crew's there and just asking about something and he just turns and answers it. Yeah. It was very, very natural. Like I think it was a, um, we were watching the news and they were just going from like person to person making comments and he makes a comment and it was just like, it was, it was, it could have been anybody. And I just, I really think it worked well. It's really a true cameo. Where it's just like, this person's in the movie, and you you could miss it. Where, like, I think in other ones, they get a little bit too big. It's a little bit too spotlighted and flashy. And that's not, that's not sort of like the power of cameos. Right. Right. You're up. Oh, it's me? Okay, uh, Thor and Loki relationship. Oh, nice. I love brother tension. Um, family tension, really. Um, but... I just like how much Thor really will not give up on his brother who only stabs him in the back and in the abdomen um, later in the movie. (laughs) But he he only disappoints Thor, but Thor won't give up on him. And I I just really like it. I like that they keep that going. I like that that, you know, continues on past this, that he kind of never learns. Um, Loki is not redeemable at all in this movie. And Thor is still, you know, when when Thor is in his face, he just keeps like urging him to come back home. When Thor is away from Loki and talking to others, he's like, he's insane. He's never going to listen to me. He hates me. But then every time he's in his face, he just wins him over. And he's like, no, 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 brother, come home. And you would be like that if it's someone you spent years and years and years growing up with. You'd be like, no, I know you. You're good. Just come home. And I just love it. Yeah. I like it because I buy into both of their outlooks. For sure. Like I I buy into them as a family. I buy into Loki being this physically weaker half-brother who wasn't as loved as Thor yeah. and was always in Thor's shadow. And now because of it, he's doing horrible things. Like he's acting out because of like the way he was raised, right? Yeah, he thinks and- he's he thinks he deserves more than what he's getting. He was, you know, adopted and now is not getting as much as he wanted. Um, whereas he thinks he deserves to be a king. Yeah. And I, th- I think it brings out the best in Thor having that aspect of his family involved like that. I think this is, this is why we're getting this angry, this angry Thor, right? And most yeah. of his angry moments are because of Loki. And I think he's, um, I think Thor is a little bit embarrassed and ashamed of what 
Loki's doing to Earth, which is, you know, the planet Thor has said that is under his protection, right? He's embarrassed by the fact that his brother has chosen Earth to come and do this to. True. Right? Yeah. So I really, really good dynamic uh, between them in this film. Yeah. I uh, and, and it all starts in when, when they uh, Iron Man and Captain America have captured Loki and then Thor just bursts in grabs him and leaves with him like thor just wants to deal with his own family issues like he's like doesn't matter you don't need him i can deal with him he's my brother yeah i think iron man says something like oh now there's this guy yeah when thor shows up and uh, that was actually a funny scene because they're on their plane flying with loki they've captured loki and a lightning storm starts and you see loki just starts to kind of curls up a bit and i don't know if it was i think it was cap he's like what you're afraid of a little lightning yeah he says uh uh, loki says i'm not particularly fond of what follows it's amazing (laughs) it's so perfect thunder the god of thunder follows the lightning i love it the dialogue is fantastic in this oh, movie. Oh, it is incredible in this movie, uh, especially with Loki. That could have been a um, one of our um, subjects, but it wasn't True. dialogue. We'll have to we'll have to write it in in one of these. Maybe we'll, if we have time. Yeah, we'll scratch some. We'll scratch something out we don't like and write in dialogue. Yeah, if we're still feeling it after five hours, we can talk about right, dialogue. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the Thanos post credit scene. I, I just. All I have here that I want to say is it was incredible. That was it. Okay, yeah. I, I have wanna... a bit I have a bit more to say in another category. Okay. But for this one, just the fact that Thanos was in this post cream se- post cream? Post cream. I mean I mean after the movie ended, it was a little post cream. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Thanos. Him being in the post credit scene was just such a great moment and such great fan service for me i loved it so my one word incredible okay so mine has to do with the fan service as well and it is the words that are spoken when thanos is shown on screen and that is um that chitari leader says you know earth has these heroes and they're defending it so to try to take over earth would mean to court death and thanos smiles because Thanos is in love and infatuated with the character Death in the Marvel Universe, which is a lady. So that's why in the comics, he does all this killing. That's why he's wiping out half of planets, because he's trying to please the lady Death. So yeah. I love that line that to attack Earth would be to court Death. And he's like, hmm, he's like, I am perfect. trying to court Death that's, right that's, now. <laughs> that's perfect. That's exactly yeah. what I wanted to so hear. So that smile, everything, absolutely perfect. Love it. Yeah, that leader of the Chitari, his name is The Other. Right, The Other. Yeah, yeah. He's got two thumbs. Does he? Oh, he'd be great at video games. Oh, wow. Yeah, totally. Um, Okay, mine is uh, Iron Man versus Thor versus Cap. So this is your favorite scene in the movie. We've talked about it a bit, so we probably don't have to talk about it too much longer. Um, Correct. But I love the point in the movie where it comes. I love that we're having this fight between these heroes that haven't met yet. And they don't really even know about each other. Like, Tony and Cap are kind of on the same side because they know they're fighting for the same thing, but they both don't really know who Thor is. Thor doesn't know who either of them are. And you see the powers match up against each other. I think that's the thing I like the most, where Thor uses the lightning to charge up Iron Man. Thor uses his hammer to hit the shield. And he doesn't know these guys. He doesn't know what they're going to be capable of. Um, It's great fight, and it's super funny. Yeah, I've said my piece on it You said your piece. What's your I role? have nothing further to say. <laughs> Iron Man. Okay. 
listen, in this movie, he utilizes the Mark VI and Mark VII suits, and these are my favorite Iron Man armors out of any of the movies. It's always changing, it's always progressing, but this is my favorite. He's the beefiest, like it's the thickest, the biggest, it's got the most guns. I loved it. And obviously, like the character of Tony Stark is so charismatic. How can you not just love this guy? And I love, I always love billionaire good guy motifs in movies because you can do so much with that because they have just endless supplies uh, at their disposal. Right. And then you throw something in like he's this like genius scientist. Yeah. So what's he going to spend his money on? Oh, like tech. Right. It just it's it creates this really, really interesting character for me. And um, I wasn't was never really an Iron Man fan in comic books. And, you know, I liked the Iron Man movie. But but this one right here, this is this is what grabbed me and kind of got me into Iron Man. Yeah, um, I'm with you on the uh, fan of comics. Iron Man isn't really super interesting to me in comic book form, but love him in this movie and in the entire universe. I just I love the idea that Tony Stark is such a narcissist and sort of. I mean, he's like, he like thinks all about himself, thinks he should be at the top, but he's also very like insecure. So whenever someone comes into the scene that could be higher than him, he attacks that person. Whenever he's in scenes where it's just him and Bruce Banner, he's very nice and, and just like actually has a real conversation with Bruce because he knows in that moment, there's no energy in the room that's trying to be better than him. He knows he's at the top in that room. Bruce is just letting him sort of be the leader. But anytime he's in a room with Cap, he is just, you know, fighting with him. And anytime he's in a room with, with Nick Fury, same thing. He's just throwing the one-liners. And uh, yeah, he looks incredible. When this guy hits the screen, like you said, this armor looks amazing. When he flies, he looks amazing. His scene comes right after Captain America. And while I'm so pumped that Captain America is like so strong working that heavy bag, as soon as I see that Iron Man armor flying through New York, I mean, I can't be more jazzed than that. Yeah, the Iron Man effects in this movie were just so great. Now, having having seen everything, having seen all the movies, you know, going back to this one, um, makes his character even better. I think that yeah. I think I'm I'm finding that with all the characters. Like after seeing how Endgame plays out, coming back here, I appreciate all these characters more. So again, seeing this one in a rewatch, you know, I'm loving Iron Man so much in this movie. Where first time around, I don't know, like maybe he's a bit too cocky for me. Yeah, uh, I'm not um, as familiar with his personality as I am by the end of it. So coming back and watching it again so good yeah so good a great tiny moment for me with him in this movie is that when uh phil colson comes to see him early on he's just calling him agent colson and then like pepper potts calls him phil and he's like his name's not phil his name's agent like it's just a sort of another (laughs) another area where he's just like no i'm above this guy this guy's name is agent like that's his name yeah but then after he dies um he tells like iron man is having that conversation with loki gets on like his armor and says, you know what? You piss someone else off, and his name is Phil. Right. And that's something I didn't pick up until this this watch, is that that's when he first calls him Phil by his name. He's like, I am avenging Phil right now. Right. So I just like that. Yeah, me too. Great arc. Is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. Okay. Favorite moment. Whoo! Didn't we do this already? Um, 
We did favorite scene. Okay. So this is a single moment. Oh, a single moment. Versus a single scene. Okay. Someone it sounds like someone is unprepared it for this. Sounds like, it sounds like someone thought favorite scene was the same thing as favorite moment. So I did I choose a Do scene or a moment? I would consider yours as a moment okay. that you had already. I didn't want to get into yeah. it because I thought yeah. maybe you did have a specific moment, but I would call yours a moment because yeah. it was the moment that they all started working together. I agree. Do you, that... ha- do you have a favorite scene? Do you I want do. me to go first? No, no, I got do. One? I do. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I would say that is my favorite moment for sure. Yeah. So if I go back and do scene, it is that Black Widow, Bruce Banner scene at the beginning when she goes to get him. Because to me, that is uh, two acting performances that are so nuanced that um, I am so engaged in what both of them are doing. And I like being engaged in what a new Bruce Banner is doing because kind of the it's kind of jarring that you've set up a character and then you go and switch the actor on us. Um, So I love that scene. It just builds for me everything I want to see out of a Bruce Banner. I want to see him fidgety and also totally in control of what his you know, his inner monster is. And I love, you know, uh, Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow in that scene, just with the, with the control, but also with the fear. Yeah, that was a really good scene. There's a lot of really interesting things going on. I love how they use a little girl to draw Banner to their location. I love that uh, Black Widow, she's dressed all sexy and like takes her uh, like jacket off or something so that she's like looking really, really fine when she is trying to like, convince him and I, I i we talked about it before i like how he pranks her a bit just to see what she'd do and she pulls her gun and then i like uh as the scene is uh ending isn't the building surrounded by agents yeah yeah so it's uh she and and he had asked her he's like are there there's agents all around or something and she's like no it's just just, us. just me and yeah I, you know i i buy into everything that she's selling yeah uh, and he immediately buys into none of it he knows right? yeah so. after she pulls her gun she says stand down and then they all back off they had it surrounded uh just yeah. the, the moment where there's that little girl um that tricks him as she jumps out he says like jumps out of the window he says uh oh is she a spy too do they start that young and you're like kind of giggling you're like oh that's funny and then right. you know black widow's like i did and it's yeah. just like dead serious and i i just love that whole dynamic in the scene to me yeah. this is the best that these two are in this movie like it's their best performance of the movie is that scene so that's my favorite one awesome okay so my favorite moment yeah. then is when loki and tony are talking in stark tower so tony's just landed from his suit getting just destroyed in the helicarrier yeah so he, he's come down he needs he needs a new suit and he comes, he lands, his suit gets taken off and he's just walking as Tony and he walks over to the bar and he gets this like big glass of whiskey. Uh, the glasses, by the way, look amazing. They are giant glasses. They look great. Oh, I want, I want them. I looked I them know. up online. You can actually buy them. Oh, they amazing. Have them, like a double set of those glasses. How do we not have those right now? I think you can only order them in the UK and the US. Okay. That's why. That's not us. That's not us um we're the great white north we are (laughs) so anyways he gets his whiskey and all he's doing here is he's giving loki a chance to surrender yeah (laughs) he's like loki's there at the scepter tony's got no armor on and he's like yeah you know he basically says this is not going to end out well for you loki just give up now but the moment that is my favorite is when loki walks over and uses the scepter and tries to turn tony 
but hits his arc reactor in his chest and it doesn't work. Totally. And that's my favorite because it's at that moment where I realize how great the movie is because we all know about his arc reactor in his chest. But in this moment, I forgot all about it. Yeah. I thought he was going to get changed here or I thought someone was going to have to come in and save him. But I'm fooled. Like they got me. Right. Yeah. They got me. And I just I loved that. Um, I loved it for that reason. Like in, in a lesser movie, I see that moment coming a mile away. I see them. I'm seeing them saying like, "Oh, here we go. Tony's out of his suit. He's gonna try to um, change him with the scepter. It's gonna hit the reactor." But I'm so into this movie moment by moment that I forget about it. And it's been enough time in this movie since Loki has actually done this with his scepter that you kind of forget that he can do it. So if I think if he was changing people along the way, then you might click in to be like, "Oh, you know what? He won't be able to change Iron Man because Iron Man has that." that that arc reactor in his chest so i think it's it's in both ways it's the angle that oh he hasn't used it in so long so then as soon as he pulls it out we're like oh no oh no he's gonna get iron man and then that's when it happens and he can't do it and i think it's also a moment that loki realizes he doesn't know everything about about everyone on the team and then you do as well as the audience you're like oh yeah maybe he doesn't have the upper hand he nukes some stuff but he doesn't know everything we know everything and we know this team's gonna win yeah, so that's my favorite that's my favorite moment. Cool. Okay, Dean, we are at like over an hour here already. Okay, cool. We're not ha- we're not, I don't think we're maybe we're halfway done these categories. Maybe, maybe. Oh, we're getting I, there. We're doing a good we're get, job. We're getting we're getting close, but I think we need to take a break. Okay, I agree. Um just get some air. I think we should go and do a little bit of drinking oh, during our break. I'm totally down with that, Tim. And let's let's bring the second half home with um, some more alcohol. Amazing, amazing. That's how I like to bring most things home. All right. You know what? We haven't used our break music in a while. Nice. So this will be nice to let the listeners hear our break music. 50th episode, of course. Let's play that break music. All right. Time for break. Okay, Dean, we're back from break. Yes, we are. It was a great break. Oh, that was a good break, right? What did you do in your break? Well, did you do some drinking like we talked about? Yeah, I was really thirsty. I was really parched after that mm. first hour. So I did a yeah. little bit of drinking um, brewskis. Me too. I had some had some beers. Yeah. Had me some beers. I actually um, had a little taste of some tequila as well. Oh, you tasted tequila. I like, I like the taste of tequila. A little taste of the tea. A little bit of that. And now I'm back to beer. Okay, so cool. I think we've um, done the appropriate uh, housekeeping to get back into the second half of this. I think I think what's going to happen is if we get if we end up going too long, we'll probably have to speed round some of these, but we'll just see if we can get through, you know, through them talking normally uh, over the next maybe hour. Sounds perfect. I'm great at speed rounds, so if we get to that, I'm I'm good for it. It could be fun. I, I don't, wouldn't mind doing a speed round, but yeah. it is my it's my pick. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna do that right now. You're gonna bring it. The Hawkeye and Black Widow relationship. This is I think it's okay in this movie. Like I like uh, I've we've mentioned it already before their past. I like that they have a past. What what I really like is it's the two spies that are 
that have a friendship in the movie, like they can um, relate to each other. So, so there's that, that I think really works well for it. And I mean, ultimately setting up that relationship in this movie, you get your big payoff in Endgame, right? Yeah, totally. And, and seeing Endgame coming back to this, I appreciate it, appreciate it more. I feel like that's an ongoing theme that's happening in this podcast is that after you see Endgame and what comes, you know, next, uh, all this stuff is supported even stronger. So um that's where i'm at with that i think it was it was good i think it could have been better but at the same time you've got this movie where there's so many of these relationships you're trying to fit in and squeeze in that they probably didn't need to do much more with it yeah i was gonna say something very similar i think uh they did the best they could do sort of um because i like the relationship i like that they have you know the two spies definitely have a pass um i I think it should have been a bit more like they help each other out that's what we miss with Hawkeye being bad for a big chunk of the movie. Yeah. We don't have that extra time for their relationship to be built. So that's I the thing that's too. Yeah. There. A lot of the relationship was built just with each other um, talking on their own to someone else about their relationship. Like we didn't see a lot of the relationship together on screen, just like Black Widow talking about it. Yeah. So I also agree. It's okay. And it's, it gets better. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's my turn. I've already, oh, I've already forgotten what's going on here, Tim. I was just waiting for you to pull another one. No, yeah, you're on, you're on the hook for pulling half of these. Okay, it's a good, <laughs> yeah, true, yes, okay, it's a good one. It's Loki. Um, I, I love, absolutely love Loki in this movie. I love his dialogue in this movie. I think everything he says is so. I mean, they mention in the movie, it's like so Shakespearean. Like the way he talks is, I, I love it. I just want to keep listening to him and. What I what I really like is that he's very menacing in this movie, which is not something he is in Thor. He's not menacing in Thor. He's like the dorky little brother. Um, in this movie, as soon as he starts and he's on screen and he's just like kicking the shit out of everyone in that shield room, he is scary and he is powerful like he should be. He's a god. Um, yeah, I, I'm totally down with Loki in this movie. He is amazing. Yeah, they kind of abandoned both Loki's character, the character traits in this movie and Thor's. Totally. Um, Thor is very angry, very aggressive. Loki's very angry, very aggressive. I like these two characters like this. They didn't really continue that. Um, I think Loki was super fun in this movie. I I went into this movie not really looking forward to Loki. Like I I just thought like, oh, really? Like Loki's the villain? Uh, You couldn't have done better? uh worked out just fine i like how ultra violent he is yeah. like he's killing people he pulled he pulls that one dude's eyeball out at the opera yeah like it's like it's super you know violent so i like it i like him cool give All us right. the next one i will agent colson oh agent colson uh, he's he's fine for me, yeah. From your from your reaction, it sounds like you really like him. I think he's fine. He played a he played an important role, so I, I appreciate that. Um, I I would have preferred a larger, more important hero gets killed in the spot where he gets killed. I think it was a little bit of a cop out killing him, and expecting the team to rally around that. But I get it. It's fine. So he's he's okay. I think the actor did a really good job. The character has some funny moments. I know the character has been in other movies before, so he's a bit of a was a bit of a staple um, in it. And I like him at all, but 
if he's not there, if he's not in this movie, does it change it a whole lot for me? Not really. Yeah. Okay. So um, I like him a lot. And this rewatch is kind of how important I saw him. I Like I hadn't really seen how important he was until this time watching it. Um, first of all, he's like just a comic book nerd. Like he's such a dork. And he's just so in love with like Captain America and he's got his trading cards. And I I like that he's this, he's basically an agent because Captain America was a superhero. Like he probably grew up hearing about Captain America and became an agent. And I was kind of along the same lines as you was like, well, how does this guy dying rally all the troops? But this time watching it through, I realized that it's just to rally Tony and Steve because they're actually only ones present on the helicarrier when he gets killed everyone else is like thor's off hulk's off they're the only ones that get that speech i think actually black widow's there as well but they're the they're the ones that um that nick fury is trying to rally together because they're the ones at each other's heads so the one thing that can bring them together is this one guy that they both like gets killed and that's kind of what they have the discussions over and what they have the fights over whether they want to um become a team and continue on because of his sacrifice. So I actually really do like, I do like that it's Coulson to bring those two together. Yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. I hadn't thought about that, but uh, I'm going to stand by my comment where I think if you have uh, maybe a little bit more of a B superhero in there who gets killed, it's more impactful than a shield agent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So mine is, Ooh, memory of the first time watching the film. So this is back when you had to like stand in line for a movie. You couldn't just like pick your seat. Um, So I definitely saw this in theaters, definitely saw it on opening day with a large group of friends, like probably 10 plus. And we went to that theater, probably stood in line for two to three hours, just getting to the front of the line, was so pumped for it. I was a big fan of the movies before. Um... And just really excited to see what they were going to do. Just just the fact that they were all going to be on the screen together. It was it was very exciting. And it is just one, yeah, it was one of my favorite theater memories. I remember just the buzz in the crowd and all the nerds around me, um, just like surrounded by my own kind, who are just like yelling out at things that happen that are just like little things that are only comic book readers would get excited about. And it was just so fun. I just felt like right at home in that theater. Yeah, that's cool. I, I'm i not like rushing off to see movies uh, opening day or anything like that. I'm definitely not standing in lines. I'm waiting, uh, you know, a, a week or so before, uh, before I go to see them. So I'm pretty sure that's what I did. I don't have a lot of strong memories about this. I do remember certain, like I remember laughing my ass off at that. Uh, um, we talked about, was it uh, Henry Dean Stanton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry. Is that his name? Harry, Harry. Yeah. Harry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember laughing at the Harry Dean Stanton part um, specifically. There's certain moments I remember just being in the theater and thinking, holy shit, that's incredible. Yeah. But I think my biggest memory of it is what I like to do with movies. If I do go see a movie in the theater, 
the time I'm looking forward to the most is when that comes out on Blu-ray and oh, I yeah. get to bring it home because I have a very nice TV and I'm I'm not a huge fan of the movie theater. I find that a lot of things take me out of the movie at the movie theater. Like if someone gets up and walks in front of me, I'm kind of taken out. If someone's coughing or making noise, I'm just kind of taken out of it. So I prefer to really watch a movie for the first time at home alone, you know, in my setup. So I do remember that Blu-ray coming out. And watching that and just being completely blown away, yeah. seeing it seeing it for the second time, it would have been at that time, and it would have been like maybe six months later, and just the transfer of that um, movie to Blu-ray was so incredible that uh, that's more of the memory I have of it. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I, I do get distracted by the theater atmosphere and really it's it's in a bit of an opposite way where I just get so jacked that I'm in the theater that every movie is like my favorite movie coming out of the theater because I'm just so hyped up from being in that atmosphere. So watching the movie the second time at home is really where I get a good opinion of the movie because I just love every movie that I'm in the theater watching. Right. Oh, me? Is it me? No, it's you. Uh, No, it's you. No, I just did it. It was first time in the theater. Oh, that was that was you? Yeah. All right, to that's you, me then. You, you drank too much in break. I, I screwed it up this time. <laughs> it's bound to happen one one of the times. Superheroes on screen chemistry. Uh, I thought it was great. That was fucking great. Um, I really liked that they didn't get along for most of the movie. Totally. Uh, I, that's not something I was expecting to see. Uh, in this movie, but they didn't get along. It was, it worked really well. And going into it, it's kind of what I would, it's what I would have hoped for in a comic book, like crossover to a movie, like the the things that it, that they do in the comic book, the things that are successful, they were able to capture and make look like really, really good in the movie. Yeah. So I, th- I just I thought they really nailed it. Like it felt like a comic book. It felt like in those scenes totally. that you were watching a comic book. So and Tim, it felt like a Marvel comic book because what's really cool about the Avengers and most Marvel teams is that they all have like their specific personalities that have different viewpoints on the world. And right. this is what it what really paid off in this movie when we're talking about the hero's chemistry is every single person on that team had their view of what was going on and had their arguments and their different personalities. And I think that's something that Marvel brings to the table that not all DC teams do. Um, so I really appreciated that they captured that in this movie. I think it really made it pop. Yeah. And the way that they did that is because they had all these characters have their individual movies ahead of time, right? Totally. No, nobody else has really done that. No. And it, it, yeah, I've got more comments on that for a different topic, so I won't really get into that. But I would say one more thing is just, you know, when I, when I heard that this movie was going to come out. It was just the classic thing went on in my head and it's like, oh my goodness, this sounds amazing. I hope they don't fuck it up Yeah. because so many other people have fucked up these superhero movies. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why it's so hard to get it right. You know, like just grab a really good like trade and remake it, you know, like shot for shot, line for line, just remake it. But nobody does that. Uh, This is one of the, you know, more successful obviously superhero movies there's only maybe a couple that were kind of you know that i really really liked right yeah. 
what's fresh in everyone's mind coming into this movie is actually this might be a topic that's coming up soon but i'll just say this one point what's fresh in everyone's mind is spider-man 3 where they overstuffed the movie with characters so now you come to a movie where they're just gonna throw all the characters together again and you're thinking oh no this is another time where they're just going to mess it up. How can they have all these characters and all their moments pay off? I, I can't see it happen. And it is, that's the one thing that's kind of like magic in this movie. It is amazing how they pulled it off. Amazing how they pulled every single character having their moments in the movie. Yep. Uh, my pull is costumes. I don't think this one needs to be long. I mean, I like a lot of the costumes in the movie. I think. I think all the main players look good. Uh, I actually, some of the ones that are a little bit more like boring, which is like maybe Black Widow and Hawkeye, who are just like in black suits for most of the time. I mean, they're S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and that's what everyone on S.H.I.E.L.D. is wearing. And I actually like how when they go out for the final battle of New York, Hawkeye has his purple chest. Like he he's changed to a purple chest piece. He's got a new uniform. Um, mm-hmm. Love it. I, I, I like that costumes. The cap suit. Looks good to me. Um, I like Loki's a lot as well. Uh, yeah, I, I'm down with costumes. Yeah, my thoughts are my least favorite are Hawkeye and Black Widow. Yeah. My most favorite are Loki and Iron Man. Totally. Oh, yeah. Iron Man is incredible. Absolutely incredible. And uh, Tony Stark's incredible, too, where he just gets to wear whatever T-shirt he showed up on set that day wearing. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, the Avenger theme slash score. Oh, yeah uh obviously amazing we've talked about this gentleman before who who did it alan silvestri he did the uh, score for predator so we talked about him in our predator episode which is fantastic by the way if i do say so myself Ooh, the predator episode go go and listen to it pretty fun yeah it's a it was a it was a it was a listener favorite but i mean listen to what this dude has done he's done back to the future one two and three he did predator one and two he did the abyss judgment night forest gump judge dread contact what lies beneath castaway infinity war and endgame and that's only naming a few out of what he's done so this guy is one of the best and i feel like when you hear well when i hear this theme like it makes my body feel a certain way yeah. Like it it does something to me. And going into the theaters hearing that's like that score come on, it feels like Christmas morning to me. It's just like I know when that comes up, I'm in for, you know, the next best two and a half hours of my life. Yeah. It's it's definitely like a fist pumping moment when the that soundtrack plays and it it starts all the way like at the beginning of the movie. Um when the first marvel's the avengers comes on the screen and they're playing that music i just want to get up and be just like fuck yeah like i don't even know what's going on i don't even know what's happening in the movie i'm just like yes the avengers i love it and then you know they play it back later when they're actually coming together and becoming a team yeah you're right it does something to me it like it makes me get out, out out of my seat and just cheer and i don't know what it is it's so great it's so perfect for a team oh it's it's great i just uh I usually get up and punch whoever's sitting beside me. Yes, great, <laughs> perfect. That's what it makes me do. <laughs> gets um, me in trouble, I guess. Yeah, the score yeah. gets me in trouble. Yeah, it makes you feel a little too strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been rocking out to this uh, to this soundtrack. My new thing, listening to the listening to the soundtracks of the movies as we lead up to the episode. So I've been listening to it all week, and it's it's great. I like it. Yeah, I like that. 
All right. Okay. Sure. I got one and it is uh, thoughts on it as a comic adaptation. Um, so we've touched on it a bit, sort of the, the chemistry between the characters really um, reflects what sort of Marvel characters in comics, the chemistry they have. So that's what, I, that's one of my main points I would say in the adaptation, but also I think something we've already mentioned before as well, but the heroes versus heroes, like powers, power sets matching up against each other. And when two superpower beings get pissed off at each other, what happens when they come to like blows, what happens? And we all want to see that. We all want to know who's, who's the toughest kid in the schoolyard. Right. So, uh, I really feel like, I really feel like they're adapting a comic book and doing a great job putting it on screen with this movie it's it's the best i would say up until this point for sure like in the mcu yep agreed uh i just uh i think every everything fit everything worked everything crossed over well all the categories they crossed over um perfectly so that's that's all cool okay here's a good one iron man sacrifice so like a few other things that we really like about the movie, they set this one up early. They're on the helicarrier and uh, Iron Man and Cap are arguing. And Cap says, Tony isn't the guy to make the sacrifice play, right? He, he kind of knows his character and calls him out on that. So it just gets played out perfectly from there. Like that he is the guy to yeah. make the sacrifice yeah. play. And I mean when it finally happens yeah. like damn dude it, is it powerful i mean i am every time i watch it you know uh there might be a, a, a tear or two coming up in the eyes totally you know, when i see it it's just it's it's so well done yeah it's um it's a real beautiful moment totally and even to add to that point on the helicarrier when he and cap are looking or like kind of in the room where agent colson died Stark is pissed at him. He's pissed at Coulson for trying to take on Loki by himself. He's like, you weren't equipped to do this. Like, he should have waited for someone else to come. He shouldn't be making the hero play. Where Cap is like, he did what he had to do. He he, but he, made... he had that big gun, Dean. I know. Big gun. I know. He did have the big gun. Maybe Stark didn't know that he had the big gun with him. But yeah, Cap is like, totally, yeah. He made the hero play where Tony's like, no don't make the hero play. He's dumb for being like, it's his fault for being dead right now. And right. so I love that he is the one that makes the sacrifice play at the end. Um, it, it, it's the arc in the movie that really matters, right? Because of that, because he is the one that makes that final choice to take, take the missile on a suicide mission. I mean, he, he ends up living, which is fantastic, but in his mind, it is a suicide mission to take that missile, save the people of New York send it into space it's it's perfect for me in this in this arc i've watched i've done a run where i've watched sort of all the mcu movies um in a row and iron man's arcs throughout them is just kind of amazing um and this is one of the highlights yeah i like that he takes the missile up and blows up the chitauri ship yeah. uh out in outer space as well right it's not like he's just trying to lead it um, out of the atmosphere like say superman would do like superman just fly this out of our atmosphere so totally. it doesn't uh blow us up but he takes it into the atmosphere and then blows up their like their mothership with it it's it's 
it's fucking great yeah and they all have like hive minds so they all die on earth yeah they all died on earth yeah that was perfect it's so good like yes yeah it's the ultimate sacrifice from the guy who finally has decided to be the hero the guy who's against being the hero he's totally down with being the smartest guy in the room but he's kind of against being the hero Mm -hmm. when cap when cap says like you are not the guy who would lay on the barbed wire he's like no i just cut it like he's always got the he's always got the comebacks, but he is the guy who laid on the barbed wire. He took the missile out in space and should have been left out there, but he just made it back. Yeah, just. All right. Oh me, uh, Agent Maria Hill. Um, I like Agent Maria Hill uh, in this movie, and uh, my highlight. This doesn't have to be long, but my highlight that I can't get over is in the uh, early stages of the movie. When she does that, like, that role, she's like, Loki's getting getting moved by uh, Hawkeye into the Jeep. And then she realizes that, like, oh, no, Nick, Nick Fury comes in into her earpiece and she realizes they're compromised. And so she rolls out of the way because she's being shot at. This is a tight role. It, it's incredible. She but it makes herself into, like, a little sonic ball. <laughs> I've never seen a roll so tight. Okay. That's, my thoughts my thoughts are that's great. Dean. Yeah. That, that that's great. <laughs> my 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 thoughts are I don't like her. Okay. Uh we didn't need her and pass. Move on to the next. Oh, get out of here, Tim. She's great. Again, another character you could not even have in that movie and I will not know anything different. I will not miss her at all. She doesn't do a single thing that changes that movie in any way for me. It could have been any random character, anybody. Could have been a stand-in who has no lines unnecessary unneeded the one thing i would say is she asks nick fury the questions that are running through our mind so you need someone in the role to ask him the questions that we need we want to ask okay i i accept that i respectfully disagree (laughs) no i i that's fine okay okay uh that prob i that probably could have been done by anybody right like it could have been in each of those scenes it could have been a random shield agent standing near him that just says something to him Uh, yeah i don't i don't like i don't like her in that movie oh boy okay here's we're gonna come to fisticuffs we're gonna come to blows joss whedon oh yeah okay now i just have one thing to say oh you have one thing yeah i'll let I'll let you go off on him. Okay. I just want to say one thing. Okay. It was Joss Whedon's idea to include Thanos in the post-screen credits. At this point, there was no grand plan for Thanos. Whedon is a huge Thanos fan. It's his favorite villain from Marvel. And he thought that there needed to be a larger power pushing Loki to do what he's doing. So he wanted to incorporate some larger villain in this movie. He pitched Thanos to Marvel and never expected them to accept it. And they accepted it. And he was like, holy shit, they're going to let me do this. That's amazing. And that basically propelled this entire franchise into what it became, what it, what it finally cool. became. Cool. So that's my okay. Joss Whedon. Like, okay. great idea, dude. You You made it. You made it all happen. So I'll get on Whedon in a second. I just want to quickly comment and say I love that um, Loki has like a boss and that's the Chachari and then they have a boss and that's Thanos. And then sort of on the other side, you have like, okay, whoever's the leader of the team, Captain America, 
but he has a boss and it's Nick Fury, but he has a boss and it's these talking heads. Like, I just really like yeah. that everybody's got the next level. Everyone still answers to somebody. And I like that they show that show that dynamic with Thanos. Um, Whedon, I think, is just like a home run choice for this movie. And it, it obviously shows. But he had done such great comic work up to this point with uh, Astonishing X-Men. Like he'd done team comics. He'd done Runaways. And he just pulled off like a great job. Um, and both those comics are somebody else sort of handing him off where they've brought the characters. So both with Runaways and X-Men, it's like the previous writer's like, okay, hey, here's the characters what I've left for you. And then he takes that and goes. And he makes an inc- two incredible runs of comics. And then he'd also you know, directed movies before and uh, a lot of TV as well. So he was kind of a perfect match. Someone who is in both worlds, someone who's dipped his toe in both worlds. And uh, yeah, I just, I think it was, I think it was a home run. Well, it turned out to be a home run. Yeah. It was a great job. Yeah. He loved the material. So when when you get somebody who loves the material, guess what happens, right? Like someone who loves it and knows it and has written it before. Yeah, and he writes, like, great females in in almost everything. All the shows he makes just have, like, great female leads. So um, he definitely did a rewrite on this movie to um, feature Black Widow a lot more than the original script had her, um, which is great. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Expectations for the movie. Is this now, Tim, is this my expectations? Yeah. Oh, I was... Okay, so actually this is kind of interesting because... Well, it doesn't have to be. If you have a different outlook on it, that's fine. No, that's fine. Um, My expectations on the movie, I'm trying to remember exactly how I was feeling because I think that I was just a little bit worried from all the characters that were going to be in it. So it was more like I was going into it thinking, this will be fun, but it probably, you know, won't be the best thing. Like, this is the same... No, 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 this is the Dark Knight has come out years before this, probably four years before this. And to me at that time, like that's the comic book movie. You can't top this. You got to make comics super serious. That's the only way to do it. So while I liked the MCU movies, I didn't really have super high expectations for this one. I thought it was going to be a little bit too much. And, you know, 20, 25 minutes into the theater, I realized that it's something special. Yeah, I expected a lot because, you know, it's an Avengers film. Yeah. And like the, the for me, the MCU movies up until this point, like they, they were fun. Uh, yeah. Some were obviously better than others. I, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, like a huge fan of all of them. They're, you know, I'll sit down and watch them. I, I enjoy them. But like this one, I expected something great because of what they had already done because they took the time to set up all these characters with their own movies. And I got great things yeah. and it exceeded my expectations, which rarely happens when you're actually expecting a lot from a movie. So yeah, they did it the right way. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's interesting. Overall thoughts on the film. I mean, my overall thoughts on the film are it's fucking amazing. I mean, I think that much is clear. Uh, I love that on one side, you've got a villain who has this extremely well thought out plan and he knows what 
the entire movie is going to be before it happens. Yeah. Like all, all of the things that happen in the movie, he has already planned out. He already knows what the outcome is going to be all the way to the end. And he's got an army. And on the other side of that, you have a group of superheroes who have no plan. They're just reacting to what the villain's doing. Yeah. And they're not getting along at the same time. Like they're not gelling well. And all they need to do is like learn how to work together or have that reason to get together. And that's going to be enough to overthrow this villain. And I think that sounds like a real weak idea for a movie. Like mm. if, if I pitch that, what I just said to you, if I pitch that to you, right. it sounds not good, but they executed on it so well that it was just so fucking fantastic. So um, the other thing that I liked is that you, you actually didn't need to see any of the previous Marvel movies for yeah. this movie to be great. Very true. Right? Yeah. This is, this is kind of um, a parallel to what we talked about in our uh, Star Trek um, 2009 episode mm -hmm. is that that movie if you if you knew nothing about Star Trek, you could enjoy that movie. And if you did know something, you could enjoy it and you could enjoy it even more. But that's the same thing here. Like you could come into this movie with knowing nothing and they gave you just enough about each character so that you understood what was going on and it was a complete movie. But if you had seen the other movies, you just get that much more out of it. So yeah, and, uh, and that's... overall thoughts, f fucking fantastic. Right. <laughs> and that's why the movie did so well is because you know everyone went to the movie and then they said oh it's great and they're they're talking about it with their group of friends and they're like oh this movie's so good and then someone in that group is like oh i haven't seen it but i also haven't seen any of those movies and they say you don't need to you can just go to this movie right now and everybody went to this movie um for that reason so yeah i i, I think it was amazing that they made this movie so accessible to anybody who has either seen the movies before or hasn't actually if you've watched all the movies before and paid a lot of attention to the movies before there might be some hang-ups in avengers because you're like huh, how did thor get to earth because the bifrost is broken so like you you might have some of those hang-ups but i mean you could walk into it and not have seen anything and totally enjoy it and yeah i'm, I'm the same with you it's a home run it's a great movie exceeded my expectations me too. Okay, cool. I'm opening up cool. the next one. Go. Do it. Do it. Do starting it. of the movie. Starting I, of the movie. Yeah, starting of the movie. I'm down with the starting of the movie. Um, here's why. I love that we... I say I love a lot in this episode. I love that we open on just S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and then Loki, like, just wreaking havoc on the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. And then, you know, they're like everything's in rubble you know like their whole facility and they're like what do we do now and then boom you just put the avengers on the screen so now you're pumped now you know what's going on they got to make the team they got to gather the troops i love gathering the troops movies and then we get each little scene of each character and how they're going to come together like there could be a whole movie of just introducing characters and then by the end we don't go anywhere we just introduce 25 characters and i'm like great great movie Dude. that was amazing <laughs> No shit, dude. No shit. So the beginning of the movie is perfect. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I love that uh, we start off with Loki talking to the other in space. And they immediately, it's uh, mostly forgotten about, but they immediately hint at a greater power. 
because uh, the other is going to give Loki this Chitari army. And the other says, basically, you better not fuck up because there's nowhere that he can't find you. So we yeah. don't know who this he is. We find out at the end of the movie, it's Thanos. But I love that you already know that this guy's got a boss. Yep. And then the very next thing you see is how powerful Loki is. The, the shit that he does in S.H.I.E.L.D. there. He just kicks the shit out of everybody. Totally. totally. And, and they tell us, just back to that opening scene, they tell us everything we need to know right away. They're just like, okay, um, the Chitari's like, you, Loki, you go to Earth. And, like, Loki's going to go to Earth. He's going to be the ruler of Earth. And in exchange, he's going to give us the Tesseract. So you already know that there's going to be, he needs to go to Earth to use the Tesseract to open, you know, open a portal, get them there, but he's going to eventually give it to them. So you kind of know the exchange right off the bat of what's going to happen here. Earth for Tesseract. Right. And I love the fact that the shield has the Tesseract under some sort of control, but really they have no control at all. No. They've got this whole facility is built. This whole facility underground is built to control the Tesseract and they they have no idea what to do. They can't control it. Yeah. And I love the fact that there's an infinity gem in there, but we don't know it yet because they didn't know it yet. Like Marvel actually yep. didn't know yet that there's going to be an infinity gem. At this point, this is just the Tesseract. Yeah. Right. And here's here's actually how that part where the Tesseract opens up a portal for Loki to come in. Here's how that makes sense, which they probably didn't know at the time, but now saying that the Tesseract was an Infinity Gem and actually Loki's spear is also an Infinity Gem and Infinity Gems call to each other. So giving giving Loki the spear could have been enough to call to that Tesseract to open up a portal to send him there. Yeah. Yeah, I... um. I just think it was a it was a great way to establish the world um starting out this way the effects are so cool right off the bat like it sets the tone for the the type of effects that we're going to get in this movie the, yeah. the real real high level so of effects so solid so solid these effects so solid yeah. like at the time this is unlike anything we've seen it before looks this amazing. is amazing it still looks amazing yeah. but at the time like this was just mind bending special effects that they're doing for sure and uh, I just, I love that it starts off with this enormous threat to Earth that yep. comes down and you you legitimately feel like this force could destroy the Earth. Yep. So we, we need to assemble a force to stop it. Yeah, so, it, it might seem great like start. it could seem a little jarring to those first time um, viewers who just, you know, come to the theater, haven't seen any of the previous movies, haven't read any comics. But to people like us who read comics, like it show it just like lets us know we know the world, the the Marvel universe is is in space. Like it's in the galaxy. It's not just Earth. Like there's a lot going on in the galaxy. And I just like that they give us that nod instead of just, you know, we're just heroes on Earth. Mm -hmm. That's why I like they open with it instead of bringing it in later. What do you mean? Well, I like that they open in in space. Oh yeah, right, right. Because yeah, that's then, a great great yeah, opening. Because yeah. then when I'm sitting in the theater, I'm like, oh, okay, this movie already has the big goals. Like it, it already knows that Marvel comics are part of the galaxy, not just part of something small. Yeah. Okay, I like this. Least favorite character. Okay, for me, 
I get why they're there. I get the use of the character in the movie. But my least favorite character are a group of characters, and it's the Chitari. That's I just, a great I, answer, Tim. I, I don't like them as a character. Like, I just yeah. don't like that. I don't like the, the I don't like the easy out of create like uh, some sort of like bug like creature yeah. that you can just murder. Like yeah. it may as may as well have been just like a an army of robots or something like that. Mindless robots. Um, I I feel like that's an easy way out. Yeah. Uh, give us um give us an army of warriors like um like human looking warriors or something like yeah. that. Give uh, us scrolls. Give us scrolls. Yeah. Give us give us something important. Don't just give us this throwaway character. Totally. Shatari. Now I understand why they did it right because you want to have a character that you can just kill them all right and like yeah. have them have the superheroes being killing them and and murdering them and you know not feeling bad for them but i i never like when they do that in movies you know just the easy way out so that's my least favorite character that's a good call that's a really good answer um mine is hawkeye and it's just because i love hawkeye so much in the comics that i think he's very misrepresented in this movie underrepresented really um and i just don't think i think you like i mentioned before you get one line from him that is actually what hawkeye's like and so he's kind of my least favorite in this movie because he he also sort of becomes the joke after this movie that like what's he doing what's he doing in that team he doesn't you know he doesn't have enough skills to be in that team which is something that comic hawkeye would weaponize and that becomes the fun of the comic and really it in this after this movie it's just the joke of the movie is that he's no good um so yeah, yeah. I, I he's my least favorite i get it i like it too he was on my radar for least yeah. favorite yeah so the next poll is nick fury nick fury um leader of shield played say what again <laughs> say what again played by Samuel L. Jackson, who is just the 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 most professional actor in the world. Um, I, I'm pretty sure this guy has never delivered a bad line in his life, and he's in a thousand movies. Um, it's true. Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, Nick Fury's great. I love his look. I love his look in the movie. I love his like super long uh, duster, his leather duster. <laughs> I think it's great. Um, He's very interesting. I don't know how much I want to get into because I can't remember all the topics that are in the hat, but he's very interesting because... I don't think we get too much into Nick okay. Fury in other, in other topics, so if you want to have at her... Yeah, I just want to say that he's like... You think he's sort of a bad guy because of the way the team's talking, that, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. had these weapons and they were they were hiding these weapons and that was like a phase of the plan was to just, you know, you know, build, build, um, nuclear weapons, basically that they could defend the planet with. And so cap sort of says that, you know, there's as much blood on Nick Fury's hands as there are on Loki's. And I think that's, uh, incorrect. Um, with what else happens in this movie, I think Nick Fury is a very interesting character because he's actually always going to his superiors and telling them other things. Like he, He's the one who's pushing the agenda for superheroes to defend, not for the weapons. And he's right. 
yeah, I just think he's less of a villain that everybody thinks he is. I think he is actually more a humanitarian than, like, obviously than his superiors. Um, but then everybody thinks. I get you. I get you. That makes sense. I agree with you. Um, I am not a fan of Nick Fury, though. Okay, just in general or of, like, this portrayal? This portrayal. Oh, really? Yes. Now, this was probably my favorite movie with Nick Fury in it Mm -hmm. out of all of them. And it also happens to be the one where I think he gets the most screen time. Yeah. So I I think maybe for me, he's underutilized in the other movies. Totally. And where he really got a chance to be Nick Fury in this movie. Yeah. Like he he, he had his hand, he had his like fingerprints on a lot of things and he was really driving a lot of the story and the narrative forward. Yeah. He's like almost the lead of this movie. He, he really right? is, like right? He he, is. He's yeah. like almost the way that the, he's like, he's the counterpunch to Loki in this. Like Loki's yeah. the one driving the plan on the bad side. Nick Fury is the one who's countering Loki's moves. Yeah. Right. And I really appreciated that, but I don't see that out of him in any other movies. Um, at least not to the extent that we see that in this one. So for that reason, I'm not really a fan. I really liked him in this movie, but I'm not a fan of his character in the Marvel, uh, the MCU universe. And I, I get that because I think mostly when I think of Nick Fury, I think of that guy who's keeping secrets from everyone, who's not telling everyone everything. And I think in this movie, he's in the movie so much that you get to see his scenes where he's not with everyone and you see what his actual motives are and that they actually are good. So while others think that he's just being sneaky behind their backs, he's actually doing it for the right reasons. And that's what Nick Fury should be. He should be the person who's making the tough calls, but for the right reasons. Right. Okay, Dean, we're starting to run a bit long. Oh, no. Let's um, let's pull some out. Okay. And I, th- I think we'll both know which ones need like one or two word answers. Okay. And which okay. ones will need some a bit more time. I think, yeah, I, we can we can we can tell we can judge it. My, my next one is for sure a short answer. <laughs> okay. The Blu-ray transfer. Okay. Um, I mean, I thought rewatching it now that it looked fucking incredible. So for eight years ago. Yeah. I mean, holy shit. Yep. Great job. Yep. Clap, I'm gonna clap, go, clap, clap, clap. I'm going to go with great. Okay. You're okay. up. My, I'm up. Well, speed round's fun. Okay. Uh, mine is, so the movie setting the stage, what did, or sorry, we're going to set the stage for the movie. What did the superhero movie look like up until this point? Right. So this is, I, I've sort of mentioned, there's been a couple superhero movies that have sort of changed the outlook on what a superhero movie could be i would say that would be like x-men um spider-man and dark knight those three movies sort of sort of show us what a what a superhero movie is x-men is like oh you can actually make sort of a real type of movie um with comic book characters spider-man you can make like almost like the American dream movie. Like that movie is so like, he ends up like right beside an American flag at the end of the movie. It's like, so patriotic. Um, I just think like that one's just like a, Oh, we can all be heroes movie. And then dark Knight is like, Oh, gritty. You can make, you can make a superhero movie that is like Oscar worthy. You can, you can make a movie serious. And once we like strip down the characters, that's what a superhero movie is. 
So I think it was all up in the air kind of when we get to when we get to Avengers. So I think this type of thing, Avengers type of movie is another one that changes the game because this is not something that we've seen up until this point. We haven't seen a bunch of basically lead-up movies, spin-off movies, whatever it is, of each individual character and then a movie with all those characters in it. Yeah, I I uh, love that answer. Uh, I would just throw in as well that with Spider-Man, that's the kind of first time where we're given real heart to a character. Like we're really digging into a single character and learning about that character's motivations. And uh, uh, other than that, I mean, I think you nailed it. Uh, for me, I think the movies, the superhero movies, like up to this point were fun. Um, some were better than others. I'd say most of the superhero movies that I had seen other than maybe it's going to be a small number, maybe one or two, uh, I would give a five or six out of 10. So okay. not not really that great. Um, I think a lot of these superhero movies, they struggle with multiple characters. They don't know what to do with these characters. It's a lot to handle um, lots of characters in a single movie, right? Yeah. So where where they come out, where Marvel comes out and they're like, look, these may have been the struggles. You can't just throw you know, six characters, six important characters into a movie and have it work. You have to give them all their back, their own movies and give them the backstory. Yeah. Then you can bring them all together. So this is, the, this is the first time they decide to do that in these superhero movies. And guess what? It's fucking incredible. Yeah. So it works. Um, um, yeah. What did the superhero movies look like before this? It was just kind of like, I feel like it's like, let's just fucking throw whatever, throw a wet rag at a wall and see what happens. Yeah. And the most annoying thing for me with these superhero movies, like just take a story that is existing and redo it. Like the story's there for you. You don't even have to write it. Put all your effort into just the filming and the shooting yeah. of it. But what they looked like up to this point was just mediocre. Yeah. And I would say, I would say just to uh, go on your point, the successful ones have two characters in them maybe three those that's what a superhero movie has looked like unsuccessful ones are overstuffed successful ones have two characters in them i would say batman returns is super successful because that is a penguin catwoman movie batman is barely in that movie yeah but even having having a three like three i don't think is... yes but but batman like basically isn't in that movie like he is he is not one of the characters that has an arc i think the penguin and catwoman are the ones that have the arcs so that's why that movie to me really works you don't have to worry about bruce you just have to worry about batman showing up kicking ass doing what he needs to do but like batman in the suit might not have more than two lines of dialogue in that entire movie Okay, hold on. This is the speed round, and you've moved on to talking about Batman. Sorry, sorry. Okay. I don't think... Do you no. understand what a speed round no, means? No, no. Oh, my bad, my like, bad. That's not even in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> right, that is actually... That is very fair. <laughs> oh, Dean. Okay. I'm sorry. Captain America-Iron Man relationship. Uh, one of my favorite parts. I'm going to go real fast. I love that they don't like each other for most of the movie. My favorite line is when they're on the helicarrier again. So many good things happened on the helicarrier. 
so you many know, good I really, things. I so really love things. that. I really love it. But Cap says, he says to Iron Man, they're, they're, they're scuffling a little bit, you know, they're kind of at odds. They don't like each other so much, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're machoing up against each other. Mm-hmm. And Cap says, without the suit, what are you? And Iron Man says, a genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. And Cap says, I know guys with none of that worth 10 of you. Great. Like, I, I love yes. that back and forth. Both of them are like hilarious. Like when Tony says what he says, I'm laughing. Yeah. And then when Cap says what he says, I'm like, oh, damn. Yeah. Like this guy's seen some, he's seen some stuff, right? Yeah. The key to that good dialogue is Cap's last line there that yeah. he, he actually has a return for that. And right yeah. before that moment, one of my favorite parts of their back and forth on the helicarrier is when Cap says something like, Tony makes some sort of joke about a serious situation. And Cap says, is everything a joke to you? And Tony says, funny things are. Right. <laughs> and I just can't. That's just like, what a like little child answer. They are complete opposites. And they work as complete opposites. When they are in a room, all they do is fight. Also, you have the added thing that uh, Tony's dad loves Captain America, loves Steve Rogers. So I, I just, I love it. I love that with Iron Man's character, he's trying to be the best in the room. And Cap is his number one hurdle to get over because that guy's the leader of the team. Okay, let's go. Dean, okay. let's go. Okay, speed round. Sorry. Oh, man. This I'm is doing, the speed I'm round. So, I said I was good at speed rounds. I'm so bad You're at them. You're awful at speed rounds. Chitari sucks. Next. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Oh, I have, there's a lot of them. (laughs) Good, good, good. There's a lot of them and Um, they suck. Character introductions. Oh, damn. I wish this one came up earlier because I had so much to say. But basically, let's say it's super fast. Okay, Loki. Loki, you got Loki in outer space. Amazing. Nick Fury, you got Nick Fury. Loki comes down, destroys his his base. Hawkeye turns into a bad guy. Black Widow gets to meet uh, Bruce Banner right away. Bruce Banner meets uh, Black Widow right away. Captain America. Beats the fuck out of 17 punching bags. Knocked them, knocks them all right off. He's ready for his fucking next job, though. Um, Nick Fury sees him. Iron Man. Oh, dude. Iron Man. The first time we see him, he's underwater. This yeah. is the, the best moment I've ever seen of Iron Man in all the movies. I don't know what it was. It looks so cool. Him underwater welding something. Totally, yeah. Like the 3D effects. Oh, my goodness. I just... I wish we could see more of that. Um, then we see... Uh, uh, Thor, Thor comes down to do his shit with, um, you know, with Loki. And then, uh, the final reveal we get like way deep into the movie is the Hulk. Wow. It you... takes them half the movie to introduce all the characters. Yeah. It's so well done. Fucking great. Yes. You did it. Me. You did it. Next topic. Your turn. You covered it all. Least favorite scene. Um, I definitely had something for this that we could have done uh, with speed round, but I uh, totally forget it. Um, okay. Nothing. I got it. I got a good one. Oh, no, I got, is... I got one. Okay, you go first, but then okay. I got one. No, no you go. Go ahead. Go okay. ahead. Your, My your least category. favorite scene is um, at the end when they're going through all of the uh, news footage of like the coverage of what happened and some like government official is just like, mm, the Avengers are going to have to answer to the destruction in New York. It's like, oh, uh. yeah. What about the fuck? Uh, the government who sent a missile there? They were going to blow him up. How about the government has to answer to wanting to kill you? <laughs> Uh, this one is is mine, and I I had I've had this ever since the very first time I saw the movie. I don't know why, but I hate seeing Loki at the beginning of the movie riding in the back of a jeep, riding out of Shield. I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. Why is Loki riding in a jeep? <laughs> totally. This is a god of Asgard. He does not 
fit or suit the back of a Jeep. Why couldn't you just take an elevator up or something like that? I can never get over it. Every time I see it, I'm just, I'm taken aback. I'm like, I'm out of the movie. I'm like, why is he in a fucking Jeep? That's so funny, Tim. That's great. <laughs> Looking in the back of a fucking Jeep. Doesn't make any sense. It's amazing. Okay. Uh, what did the superhero movie look like after? Um, okay, oh, real yeah. quick. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the bar was raised, yeah. obviously, for superhero movies. Special effects had been raised. They like knocked it out of the park with this one. Um, I also think they probably started paying attention to the big payoff after this one. What they could achieve with this type of movie, uh, including Thanos and like how far they could take this. Yeah. And basically also what kind of stories you're able to tell with this group of, of superheroes. Like you can tell a certain story with one superhero, but look, if you create a movie with all these superheroes and it works, what kind of a, what kind of a huge story can you oh, yeah. tell with six of them or 10 of them? Yeah. Like, I think it just opened up the the world and the ideas for these writers to create something extreme and and amazing which is what they ended up doing yeah to me the payoff totally comes it's not even superhero movies but it's almost any franchise type of movie is now those franchises are like oh shit we can have like spin-offs we can just have like all of these singular characters and then they all get together and they're a team so every i think all a lot of franchises now want to build their universes where they have individual movies of characters and then movies with a team of characters so DC tries it. I think Star Wars, when they're like, oh, now we can have, we could have a shoot-off movie of Han Solo. We could have a shoot-off movie of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which like didn't happen. But I, I just think like that's the idea now is that if we could just build up to what Avengers did, then we're set. Yeah. Okay. You're up. Oh, Loki's plan. This is a long one. Um, no, it's a speed round. So it's Speed not. round. Okay. Loki's plan is that... Um, okay, so his overall plan is that he wants to rule Earth, and to do that, he needs to trade, he needs an army. So he needs to trade the Tesseract, which he doesn't have, but he can get. Okay, hold on, I'm going to interrupt you, you're okay. going way too far with this. Here's what needs to be said. <laughs> Loki's plan, we love it. The movie is all about his master plan. He gets moments away from achieving it. Okay, moving on to the next no, one. No, 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 wait, 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 no, Tim, no, Tim, no, Tim, what, Tim, what? Tim. It's a speed round. Okay, but his plan in the helicarrier to use the Hulk to escape because he knows he needs to break up the team because he knows that team is the only thing that's going to stand in his way. There, that's all I want to say. Okay. Yeah, that's that's fair. We needed to f- we needed to fit that one in. We hadn't talked about that. That was like uh, okay, my number the- one. Oh, that was your number one, eh? Yeah. The shawarma scene. Uh, fine. Okay. Oh, uh, no, I, got, I do. I just have... Okay, that's great. So you've said your part. <laughs> I, I've, I have one interesting thing to say here, actually. This scene was shot a day after the movie premiered. And Chris Evans had grown a full beard at this point. I didn't know this. And was wearing a prosthetic draw, a prosthetic jaw in the scene, which explains why he's the only one not eating shawarma. Yeah. Amazing. I love that they don't talk. It's great. It's great. They're exhausted. Um, Hulk. Uh, the only movie that um, I was... Uh, the only movie I was happy to see the Hulk be the Hulk. That didn't make sense. No, in the, in the elaborate. Hulk, in the Hulk movies before that, you're you're supposed to feel like, oh, I feel bad for Banner to turn into the Hulk because like he doesn't want to. 
But also, in those movies, Banner is so boring that you're like, just fucking turn into the Hulk already. But I like what they've done with um, Mark Ruffalo being Banner is like he's interesting enough that when he turns into the Hulk, like I don't, I'm like, great, let's see the Hulk, let's do it. Yeah, totally. Um, the Hulk, he was incredible. <laughs> good, <laughs> good speed round. I got more though. He smashed. Sorry, he smashed. He smashed. He smashed. Incredible. Uh, I really liked that they incorporated Mark Ruffalo into the Hulk. Like his yeah. appearance. Oh, totally. He looked when he translates into the Hulk. He looks like the Hulk. Also, Mark Ruffalo does the motion capture for the Hulk. So he is the Hulk. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's that's a great connection between the two. And they go even further with that, like later on in the movies, like the, the connection between the two. But I just thought it was a really great idea to have the Hulk look like Bruce Banner. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's it. Great. Okay. Hulk versus Thor. Uh, this is one of the, I think, one of the best fan service payoffs in the movie. It's just so, it's so cool seeing them go at it. You know, the you get to see Hulk trying to lift Thor's hammer. Best part. I mean, come on, like that's it's so great. It's like you don't have to include that, but everybody wants to see it. He's trying to lift it up, and the concrete beneath his feet is yeah. breaking because yeah. he can't lift it up. Um. Then I guess like later in the movie, you get a bit of a a further kind of payoff when, when they start to team up and they work together and yeah. they, they like, uh, you know, beat up a bunch of Chitari and then they're just kind of standing there, you know, like exhaling. And then the Hulk punches Thor and, yeah. you know, it's like a retaliation. Yeah. They take uh, down like a giant space worm and then he punches them. Yeah. It's great. And yeah. it's just a really nice setup for uh, what comes in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Oh, totally. Of, of all the um, heroes versus heroes that we want to see, like this is the one, this is the That's number the one we want to see. Like you said, yeah. fan service. Um, 100%. Great, great to see it in the movie. Yeah. Um, Nick Fury's manipulation. Uh, I talked about Nick Fury. So all I really want to say is that um, if you watch closely in this movie, he's manipulating the people under him and he's manipulating the people above him. He is, he is like sort of the chess master. He's moving every single piece the way he wants it so he can play his game. Okay. Um, for that one, mine was more of a question to you. I didn't understand what you meant by Nick Fury's manipulation. Uh, who Who's the manipulation by? Was it by Loki or was it his manipulation by those, like that council of fuckheads? I didn't know. So, But you're saying the way that Nick Fury manipulated everybody else. The way he manipulates everybody else. Okay, so I was way off, but um, it was just a question and you uh, answered it. So Done. Let's keep going. We're getting close here, Dean. I know. I was just going to say that. I got two left. Yes. Worst worst casting. Oh, wow. Worst casting. This is, this is tough. It's tough. But I never liked the casting of Sam Jackson as Nick Fury. And here's why. It's that for me, he's in too many other memorable roles. And whenever he's on screen, I'm taken out of the movie and into one of his other greater roles. And okay. it's just, it doesn't work for me. I wish they had somebody new. I know he's got like the star power and all that. But in this movie, I don't think you need that star power. You already have star power. He doesn't need to be the star power figure, especially since I feel like he's fairly underutilized other than this movie. Hmm. So 
Nick Fury. Sam Sam Jackson as Nick Fury. My worst casting in this movie. Wow. Wow. I don't even know if I can carry on with this episode. Um Well, I can I can take her home alone. Then, take it home? Um okay, okay. Love love Sam Jackson as Nick Fury. Um worst casting. This is really tough, really tough for me because I think everyone does a fantastic well, job. You know what? Hold on. Back up a second. Yeah. Have have you seen like a lot of Sam Jack movies? Oh yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So you know like the type of character and roles he plays? Yeah, but like to me Sam Jackson is just like a complete pro. Like he is well, He is a, he's, he's a pro. I'm perfect not... in everything he does and I think every Every line and every beat he's taking in this movie is just so perfect. I don't think I like him in anything other than Quentin Tarantino movies. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. I don't think I don't think I like. Yeah, I like anything. So that's where I'm at. Anyways, carry okay. on. Um, yeah, it's tough. Uh, worst casting. If if I have to say anything, I I think I would say then Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. Um. Yeah. I like Jeremy Renner. I think he does a good job later on. But if we're talking specifically about this movie, I don't think he quite pulls it off. It's too serious. Yeah, yeah I like it. Again, that was on my radar. So okay, well, this a is a call. good one. This is a good one to follow. Best casting. Ah, uh, yeah. Nice. That worked out nicely. Awesome. Um, best casting for me is uh, again a tough one because I think everyone is perfect. I think everyone is so good. But I'm going to go with Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner. Because that was a recasting for this movie, which is a really tough thing to do. And I think Mark Ruffalo is so perfect as the twitchy scientist guy who, if he gets angry, absolutely loses control. I think he just plays it so well. Even just like the hair on top of his head looks like perfect for that type of character. I love him in this movie. As soon as he's on screen, I'm like, oh man, is he my favorite? Is he my favorite character? I love him. Yeah. My best casting is Sam Jackson as Nick Fury. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm with you. I'm with you, dude. L- yeah. Listen, I've got Mark Ruffalo as well. Cool. Cool. Nice. He, he's my best casting. Um, perfect voice, perfect demeanor totally. for Bruce Banner. Yeah. And he played the Hulk great. He yeah. did a great job. And he's also filling like really big shoes following up for ed norton you know like ed norton's a a fantastic actor so it was probably intimidating for him to come in in this role but dude did he ever kill it yeah and ed norton is like a giant name and uh mark ruffalo wasn't a giant name at this time great job yeah uh bruce banner Speaking of which, our next category is Bruce Banner. Um. Uh, listen, uh, he's been one year without an incident. <laughs> Great job, I love Bruce. that. Great, yeah. I love that anticipation that yeah. they set up at the beginning of the movie. Like he's been one year, but guess what? You know it's coming. Oh like, yeah, you know that. You it's know that accident's come in this gonna, movie. You know the accident's going to happen. Um, we talked about it before. I love that he pulls the prank on Black Widow at the beginning, uh, just to see what uh, she's going to do. Yeah. And I love that he's wearing a purple shirt of in course. this movie. Of course. I love the throwback to his purple shorts. Yeah. I really appreciate that. And that's all. Uh, yeah, I love the secret he has is that he's always angry. Um, yeah, I think this is great. It's kind of perfect. The way I can sort of think about how, like, what that means and how that works is if you're sort of a nervous person always around people, but you also like to maybe perform or you like to you know be the center of attention because you want to 
you get your ideas out there and people are like, oh man, like how, how do you not get nervous when you go on stage to an open mic? And your secret is, well, I'm always nervous. I'm nervous in every moment of my life. So this is no different. And that's how I kind of think of it where he's always angry. So he actually has somewhat of control over this. Yep. Sweet. My last one is. I know what it is because there's only one left. Oh, it's favorite character, Tim. I, I knew that. I knew that. Um, I flip-flopped a lot on my final watch here because everyone's so great. Um, but when it comes down to it, I love the best growth in a character and the best arcs of a character. Um, so I got to go with Iron Man. I think Iron Man makes, has the best arc in the movie and as a character has the most growth in the movie. Perfect, dude. I can't argue that. I love that answer. It's great. I went with, um, well, again, it was a tough one. Like there, like you said, there's so many great characters. I went with Bruce Banner slash Hulk. Great choice. My other thought. thought, I thought they did the best with him. Yeah. Um, I really, really, really loved the slow build to, to, to releasing the monster. Yeah. Like it took them so long to do it. Like just the way they build that anticipation was so good. And the, the like using uh, Bruce Banner and his intelligence to track the Tesseract, like the, the whole reason why they recruited him in the first place, they didn't recruit the Hulk. They recruited Bruce Banner, yeah. right? They made I Bruce lo- Banner interesting. I love it. It's perfect. It. He's not boring and- anymore. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, anytime Hulk's on screen, it's just eye candy. Oh right? yeah, like it's it's so great. And uh, like we've talked about before, he he comes up with that great line where you know they're like, "How do you control it?" and or whatever. He's like, "What's your secret?" And he's like, "My secret is I'm always angry. I can turn it on anytime I want." And that's a brand new idea to the Incredible Hulk. Like yeah. the Incredible Hulk before this has always been known as when he gets too angry watch out because he can't control himself and he becomes the Hulk. This is the first time where you have Bruce Banner able to control when he turns into the Hulk. Yeah. And that opens up such incredible opportunity in the future. So uh, he is my favorite character. Great answer. And we have one left. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out of topics. It's going to be real quick. Um I think we can just, I, I can one word it okay, and we, we could be done, but it's box office results. Oh. And I will just say ex- acceptable. Acceptable? Ex- acceptable. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. I'm a, I'm a box office nerd, so I'll say one, maybe one or two sentences. You got better than acceptable? <laughs> I got, I maybe, I don't know, just as good. How about just as good? Well, we'll see. Let's see. Okay. Um... At the time, what was number one was Avatar. Number two was Titanic. Sort of seen in that time as untouchable movies. And this movie opens to, you know, 207 or whatever you said in one weekend. Maybe one of the biggest weekends of all time at, at that time. It might have been. Um, and gets like gets third of all time domestic at that time. Third of all time global for a superhero movie. It's unbelievable. Okay. So it's acceptable. Unbelievable. It's acceptable. Dean, thank you for joining us again for our 50th episode. You're welcome, Tim. Always. Um, let's hope we get to 51. I think we'll get to 51. Do you 51. think we can get there to 51? I think so. 
We have no plans as of yet. For no, we actually we have no plans past this episode. We'll see if we go further. We have lots of ideas, but yeah. no plans. I mean, but it's kind of go out in a blaze of glory. Maybe, maybe this is it. We maybe, maybe in. this is it. Maybe yeah. this is it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Uh, it's been a ton of fun up to fifty. We've yeah. covered some awesome content. Had totally. a lot of fun. Uh, met some really cool people and had a lot of fun um, interactions. Oh yeah, on we've had great media. guests on this show. Yeah, we have for yeah. sure. For sure, it's been a ton of fun. I I think we're gonna go past fifty one. I think we'll make it further than that. We're, we're having a fifty two, fifty two, something like that. Okay, we're having a lot of fun. Um, yeah, stay tuned for more fun, exciting things coming from Talking Back. Dean, thank you for joining us this week. Anytime, Tim. And thanks everybody for listening. And we'll catch y'all next time. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.